We are live. Free smoke. What's all we got, man? Free smoke, free smoke. <laughs> I couldn't hear it, but you heard it though? As long as you heard it, it's all good. Oh, <laughs> uh, we are here, man. We are here. Thank y'all so much. Another edition of the Free Smoke. Free Smoke. This is Free Smoke in the middle of the day. And I did it because there's a lot of people at work and they need they're gonna slide out for lunch. And they need to get some good information, good inspiration to go back into that job and fire their boss and quit. <laughs> so, about my D's relationship. Hey, so I'm just like, <laughs> oh my, my relationship with uh, firing my boss? Oh, for sure. For sure. Great segue, man. <laughs> nah, man. We, listen, we're going to get married. We're going to get them married off, though. You know what I mean? We gonna get you married off, and you never know who's watching this either, my dude. You never know. Man. Shoot your shot. Yeah, is that an open invitation oh, for anybody? Oh, it to... Sound like it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? There, there's uh, something out there called um, sapiosexuals. Mm-hmm. Ever heard of that? Yeah. Sapio. Sapio. So sapiosexuals. Where you ever heard of that? I've heard the word. I don't know what it means. It means people who are really, really attracted to a person's mind. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I mean, they just they just start start to talking, right. and and the person is just looking at the person. Oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and my D, I know you got a bunch of sapios. In your- <laughs> I know you got a bunch of sapios in his text. Anyway, not text. You but wow. What's up, man? How you feeling, my D? What's up, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. So I was, happy. I was saying we done came a long way. Yeah, oh, oh, for man. sure. Yeah. But yo, first off, I remember calling my D because he was building this brand, uh, Been Broke Before. Yeah. Dopest brand. Because I just started seeing it everywhere. Before I knew who he was, um, I'm just seeing this brand everywhere. And I'm like, dang, man, how you do that? And I was <laughs> in the airport in Chicago and I saw his brand. And um, just ever since then, man, just uh, it's been a real genuine relationship. And I always respected you and just seeing you go through a public transition from building something amazing to even having a conversation with your, your audience, like, yo, I'm about to go give me another job or something. Like, you know, it could have been just content. I don't know, but like just the ups and downs and yeah. losing somebody close to you. Yeah. And right now, for, from my perspective, one of the most influential entrepreneurs, at least coming out of Atlanta for sure, but in the world, one of the most influential uh, content creators I know, man. So, Welcome to the show. You guys, I'm happy to, to be here. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate go. it, bro. And um, I tell the story about the clothing brand because I don't think people. Uh, let me tell you how me and Dave really met. He say, "How much y'all paying for them shirts?" <laughs> I'm from the hood, so I'm like, "What you mean?" <laughs> and he was like, "Nah, here's what you should be paying. Like, here's a pricing list. So I want to make sure y'all within these range." And I said, "Okay, he cool, right? Because it's it's hard. It's rough. Everybody's just naturally competitive. So your your genuine introduction to me was." making sure we wasn't getting ripped off. Yeah. And I would say our relationship has been consistent, you know, similar to that. For sure. So I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, and we did an order, right? He needed an order done for Ilzy hats or shirts, something like that. And so I do, uh, well, not not anymore really, but I do what's called contract printing. So, and y'all can write this down. Anybody can do this really. But typically a print shop who prints shirts or, you know, they do embroidery or whatever, they will give, they will have a price, right? And then if you ask for like the wholesale price list, they'll say, they'll give me the wholesale price list. 
So if you walk into the print shop, they're going to charge you an amount of money. If you come to me, I'm going to charge you what the print shop charges, but I make some money in there. So it's not like I'm charging you more than the print shop, yeah. right? So I did a deal. And I think I, I charged less than for the brand, but I made a couple of dollars off the print. And my D hit me. He's like, hey, man, you might as well just could you, you, you mind connecting me with the, with the source? I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, man, go on, take, <laughs> go on, take this number. <laughs> so uh, we've been real close friends ever since. Yeah, man. yeah, like, for yeah, sure, man, man. Go on, for show, sure. for sure. But, uh, well, welcome to the welcome to the show, man. We have uh, Coach Kelly J. What up? Hey, hey. How are you? Bring the mic a little closer because you already talked soft. Just in the direction of the middle. There we go. You right, good? We're good. Yeah, for sure. How are you feeling? I'm good. The coach good. of coaches, really. Yep. The coaches coach. I teach the people to reach the people. For Come sure. on. I'm not a rapper, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you teach the people that teach the people? I teach them how to start growing scale a coaching business. Nope. Unlike a lot of the the coaches nowadays, they're trying to teach people how to get into the highest ticket space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I could teach that too, but there's a whole lot of people that have a story that can coach someone through that same thing mm. that's not in the high ticket space. For sure. So it's it's a large volume of people that I that I help to to do that. Dope, dope. What do you think is missing right now from the coaching space? Um, belief that really anyone can be a coach by using their story. Because the Can internet, everyone be a coach? They, here, they we can. Can. Now, here we go. Here we go. I love it. I We're love here. it. <laughs> Look, and then there's that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I now Take an account that not, you know, people with like a mental disability. So we're just going to not put all on it. Okay. But for the most part, everybody has been through something that you, that someone else is going through now that right. they can teach. And I don't see that part being taught a lot. I see it being taught of, I'm going to teach you how to make six figures a month or right. seven figures in a day. But what about the woman who went through a divorce thought she wasn't going to make it out, made it out on the other side. And now people are, uh, she knows people who are going through a divorce. She can help them mm. with her story, but she does need a framework. She does need a, a program. She does need to know how to take payments online. Mm -hmm. She knows she needs to know how to build a business and know how to coach them, but she's got the story. Hmm. Anybody? Marcus, <laughs> I'm not I kind of like it. I, I, I like where we're going to have this conversation. Uh, so I agree and I um, have a caveat to it. Anyone can, but coaching is a skill. Mm -hmm. So I do agree with what she's saying that there is a, there is people are pigeonholing themselves that whatever they sell, they attach a money promise to it. So mm -hmm. I 100% agree with that. And everyone isn't skilled in teaching people how to make money. Secondary coaching the ability to take your story and help other people, I think we all can do that, but we do have to acquire the skill of learning how to get someone a result because there's a reason why there's a gap between what someone wants to do and what they actually do. That gap is the skill that Coach Kelly's teaching. What are the limiting beliefs that makes a person want something but never take action on it? That's, that's the skill she's using of coaching right. to help someone get out of their own way. Right. right. So can anyone? Yes, but you would have to acquire the skill of coaching, which – that's everything from communication, creating frameworks, systems. Um, I teach with with my team. You can't help anyone without like what you would do with the if you were calling the Uber. Mm -hmm. You need a current location and a drop off location, right? So mm -hmm. 
I agree with what she's saying. I do think that it does require skill of how to take someone from you are here. Clearly knowing where you pick them up from and not being money greedy and pick people up from anywhere. And that's what Mm. happens sometimes. People will pick someone up from anywhere and then y'all both lost. Whereas for, for me personally, I like to help people in three spaces. One of which is a person who is working for free for social media, creating content and think consistency breeds money and it doesn't. So I help them take that content and create a monetization strategy because Instagram business is to make money by keeping people on the platform. The average entrepreneur business is to get people off the platform. So your competition is social media. Mm. So the first Mm. skill we teach is how you beat that. Second thing we do is show them how to turn this into five figures a month with a monthly launch and sales system. Every business launches every month. Most entrepreneurs launch once. Mm -hmm. So we wonder why we don't have consistent flow of income for consistent bills. (laughs) <laughs> right. Because we think the, or we think we need a website to launch. If you wait until you have a website to launch, that's just where you're leading people that's aware. The launch starts with awareness. Yeah. So we teach those things and create monthly launch cycles where you can launch every month, make no less than five figures worth work less than eight hours. So that's a pickup location. Right. And then the third is helping them transition from coach and entrepreneur to CEO. The distinction being an entrepreneur says I buy shirts for ten dollars. I sell them for 20. CEO says Okay, how do we drop that margin to $7? What do we do when we're low? How do we track it? Who does fulfillment? How long does it take? What's our profit margin? What are our drops for each month? The CEO's a little different. And then you're plugging people into a healthy process. So that's how I help people. So, all right. So one, I love that primarily because, so, so you're saying anybody can be a coach. Yes. Okay. And I, I, I like this because there are a lot of people that says anyone shouldn't be a coach. Yes. I like that, though, because you can find if you graduated high school and you're in college, you can coach a high school student. Exactly. Anywhere you are. Right. My my boys are two years apart. They're 14 and 16 now. But when they were three and five, could the five year old coach the three year old had to tie his shoes? Yes or no? Yes. He was only a couple of steps ahead, but could he teach him how to do that? That's the thing. Okay. 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 We've made coaching be this grand thing. Yep. And and it and it is, but not in the way I think that we've made it. We've made coaching be a hundred thousand dollars in a day, a million dollars in a day. Those things are great, but there's there's a whole nother level of coaching where you're where you that lower level, you're still teaching the person that doesn't know how to do something that you learned how to do six months ago. Mm. Now, should you That's be charging them, you know, $10,000 to do that? No, not necessarily. So you find something that you for sure know how to do and you can put a price to it. Maybe it's not $10,000 a month. Maybe it's, maybe it's not $1,000 a month. Maybe it's a few hundred. But that's where you're at. That's where you're at now. Mm-hmm. So say that it is giving you a, a few hundred a month, a thousand dollars a month, two thousand dollars a month. But now, once you start coaching those people, it's going to grow. You're going to develop a, a skill set in it. Mm-hmm. You're going to become known for doing that thing. Now you want to put these people in a group and say, "Hey, I have a framework. I have a blueprint. I can now teach these people in masses." So it can grow. 
I just think the market is picking up from step 10 when there's really a step one through nine that I think the, the, the coaching space is missing and or discounting as a valid thing. I didn't discount mad people, especially pandemic preneurs. <laughs> yeah, there are pandemic preneurs. There are. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's why I discount. Like, so think about. For, okay, before we get into it, Marcus, please introduce yourself. I'm sorry, because <laughs> we're here now. Be like, we're here hey, now. Without even trying, we ended up in the coaching space. Here right. we go. I'm gonna introduce myself, but I do have. I 100 agree with my sister, Coach Kelly. I think what we're robbing people of is the contribution we have to the empathy of humanity. Right. Better the, talk about it. So what we're talking about is people are thinking coaching is about not just the revenue they make, not saying you shouldn't make revenue because you need to make money so you can focus on doing what you love without wondering, can you afford to? Right. Mm. So you, you de definitely got to make money. However, what Coach Kelly is talking about, the, the aspect of coaching as it relates to improving community, helping humanity. If you can improve someone's quality of life, if you have the ability to teach someone how to climb out of depression, how to navigate feelings of being alone, self-sabotaging behaviors, weight loss, things that improve confidence. We're, we're discounting that. Yeah. Right. And she's saying anyone can coach. If you are steps ahead of someone else and you can say, Hey, watch out for that. So you don't end up wasting a year of your life. Exactly. That improves humanity. That yeah. improves the quality of life of someone else that impacts the person who's trying to help them make money. Why? Because by the time they come to a me or a Madi and we're focused on, like Marty with their brand and on that line, he like, why won't they create content? There's a reason for that. That's something in their mind of, of someone could have helped them get out of their own way, right? right? Which then makes it easier to generate revenue. Imagine how many people you tell to start a podcast, they want to, but in their mind, they see, I'm not David Shands, which means they don't have a clear picture of themselves. Mm -hmm. Someone could have helped them navigate a painful situation in their life to be ready to show up on camera. Oh. Correct. The boy, the boy talk like that in regular life all the time. No, he, right. he breaks it down. He breaks it down. Yeah. So, you, give me your thoughts. This is all right. Give me mm -hmm. your thoughts, buddy. I introduced myself, but I ain't <laughs> <laughs> like let's just move that forward. is him. <laughs> Mama name <laughs> Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> right, introduce yourself so we can we, we can Yo, get into this. This is good already. Oh, 100 percent, man. 100 oh man, Marcus Y Rosia, Marcus Little Y Rosia. What? Um, how do I introduce myself? Well, I help coaches and entrepreneurs package what they know and be able to create monthly launch and sales systems to work no less than no more than eight hours a month, generating no less than five figures. And I help coaches transition into entrepreneurs of stress-free million-dollar companies where they generate revenue, they have teams, and emotionally they are sound and have freedom to do what they love and what the people they love without wondering can they afford it. Mm, love that. Love it. Okay. I love eight hours. I'm about to get my credit card out. <laughs> and that's my dog. Oh, for sure. I need my D. Anybody yeah. could be a coach. I'll go a little bit deeper. I think um what Coach Kelly is doing is is putting a terminology and a word around something that's already happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna add to Marcus' point. I would even say that we have a obligation to coach. Here's why. If you're dealing with inefficient or ineffective information and you're taking actions on that stuff because you don't know any better, you don't know that there's an alternative, you can actually end up doing a large amount of danger to yourself or others based on faulty information. Mm. So for those of us who are sitting around with great information, no one is just giving us permission to share it, to put it in a framework, regardless of whether we choose to monetize it or not, right? So I think um, we're all doing it every day. Everybody just isn't calling it coaching. 
So I think she's saying, hey, here's a difference between taking a story, taking your ability to get a result, and moving you into a process that mimics or that um, can be better called coaching, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Mark is just building off of that, which is once you can get that story, once you can get a proven process that can take a person from point A to point B, let's round out some of those other skills, and yeah, you can call yourself a coach. So I look at it from the what happens if people don't coach Mm -hmm. and you're just out here taking in the wrong information, not knowing and taking bad actions. So yeah. That's a bar. One, the reason I like it so much right now is because when you said it, it made me think she's bugging. (laughs) That's my first reaction. Mm -hmm. But the reason I love it so much is because I'm sure you've heard people say that everybody shouldn't be coaching. Yes. And you're saying everybody should be coaching. Like I say, Everybody should have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I got into like like a real heated debate with one of my podcast guests. And they're like, no, everybody shouldn't be able. And it became a, a mm-hmm. conversation where now you got to choose sides. Right. I do like the fact that you're going, uh, you have something to go against. And I think it's an entrepreneurial principle. Like you have to stand on the side of something sometime mm-hmm. and, and let people think you're wrong. Right. Or not agree with you. And I think everybody's trying to get everybody to agree with them. For me, I post primarily for engagement, not for agreement necessarily. Because I know that's how I get some, some people are going to be on my side, but obviously you got to be mentally prepared for people to, you know, and I don't like when people don't like, like don't like me. Right. So that's, it, that's a, that's a challenge for me. But have you had to go against like one of your friends saying the opposite of what you're saying or feel like they, not necessarily my friend. I said it mad times that everybody but, should be coaching, but more of society. But let me let me care, let me um, clarify something. Yeah. Everybody could coach. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean everyone should coach. Okay. Okay. So there there is a difference. Everybody. I mean, we're grown folks here. All of us have been through something that we could coach on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that we should, but we could. Yeah. Everybody went through something. You yeah. know, I have a sister in law that. Um, had cancer. She lost her hair. She went through chemotherapy, radiation, all of the things. Mm-hmm. Now, could she coach somebody who's just found out that they had cancer? Mm. She understands firsthand yep. the emotions. She knows what conversations you're going to need to have with your children. She knows how this is going to infiltrate your household, your relationship explaining it to your job. So while she can use her life story to do that, she also needs to come to me for a framework of how to put that together. Mm. How much to charge the people? Like what, it's still a business. What does this look like? And so I'm going to teach her how to package that. And I'm not saying that she's not going to make money at some point. I'm, I have an an Ascension program and my lowest program is $2,000 for that beginner. My highest program is 35,000. Come on. But when they listen, but when they're coming in, <laughs> when they're when they are at thirty five thousand, they either were not new and end up and come there, or they ascend from two thousand to the mid one that's twenty to the next one that's thirty five. What I'm saying mostly is that a lot of coaches these days are at the at that mid tier and that high tier. What about the people that just have a story and they feel called to do this work? Who's there for them? You better be able to defend your message. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like now, that. here's what I'll add to that. And I think because coaching has become synonymous with wealth, synonymous with making money, synonymous with getting rich, 
entrepreneurship as a whole is a professional sport, but amateurs are encouraged to play. So you need to walk into this thing. Okay, bar. Say that again. You need to walk into this thing. This is why you may decide to get a coach out the gate. Because if you don't, you got to come out here and compete with people who this is what they do all day, every day. So I think um, it's a, a misunderstanding for a person to just assume that the route, the quickest route to money or the most profitable route to money is through coaching. Mm-hmm. But to her point, if you have a strong enough ability to get a person a result, then you may want to go with someone who can help you shape that into a process to prove it out so that you can repeat it so that you can ultimately make somebody a promise. God, yeah. I like that. 100%. All right. So the topic for today, and we're going to get into it. No, I'm going to make some announcements. We, 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 we ain't even talk. started yet. Yeah, we ain't even started yet. How to create a brand people want to buy from. Um, I'm going to ask you all to think of some stuff that happened this week in pop culture and the news. Anything that's on your heart that you've had arguments with people about. Let's think about that. Now, Nella, what we got? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Free Smoke. We have some house rules for you guys, all right? So before we get into today's conversation, make sure you go ahead and text your questions to the number on the screen to join in on the conversation and be able to call in and speak with our guests live, okay? We want to hear from you guys. We want you guys to join in on the conversation. And of course, before, also make sure if you are liking what you're hearing right now, Go ahead and drop a super chat in the comments, y'all. I think we seen some too. We I saw, think we seen we some chats super here. Chats in the, in the comments. What's the splits on them super oh, chats? Look, y'all, if they are dropping that fire, if they are giving you that good information, those gems, make sure you drop those super chats so we can go ahead and support this live as well as a portion of this goes to helping children learn more than just what the Atlanta school system has for them. All right. And then finally, if you would like your comments to be featured on free smoke live, make sure you become a member. All right. Make sure you become a member, be an insider and be a part of this family. But with all that having been said, y'all let's get to this free smoke. Absolutely. Free smoke, my free my smoke. detail was to split on them chats. Yeah. 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 <laughs> These entrepreneurs. Boy, I tell we got to, we got we to we we get, we got to get a union. Right? Cause I need my, uh, my future payment to hit me quarterly. Oh, for sure. So my, uh, well, we just had a meeting with, uh, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King High School, and you already know, any Martin Luther King, anything. And why is that? Martin Luther King on any street? Take it to the hood. It's the hood, right? Martin Luther King, I don't know if there's any, like, thriving Martin Luther King schools. That's cool. That's cool. Ain't that crazy? That's cool. Yeah. I wonder why that's that. Anyway, had a meeting with them. We are about to start, uh, we're going to implement a program uh, bringing entrepreneurs to the school so that kids can see more than what they're seeing because they see their parents and they don't necessarily want to be their parents. And then the people they see most is their teachers and the teacher saying, hey, stay in school. And the kid in their mind are saying, why? And without saying it, the teacher's saying, hey, don't you want to be a good citizen like me? And the kid's like, I don't want to be you. Or they can go to the hood and go to their neighborhood and see the person who do got the car with the jewelry and all the girls or the girls that see the girls pulling up in the bins. And there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, even strip clubs that are taking high school kids out of the high schools and they're dancing in these clubs. Wow. But why would the girl say no? You feel me? Especially you can make how much per night. Oh, I want to be that. I want to be Cardi B. 
You know what I mean? I want to be, I want to be somebody that's successful. So uh, we're about to show them a different, y'all coming with me, right? Yes. I'm with it. And um, they ain't giving me no money either. So I don't got no split. <laughs> the cool thing is <laughs> you can pay me out of your private stairs. Oh. <laughs> There's other options. So yes, uh, every single month uh, we are taking money from your super chats, whatever you donate here. And we are investing in a child's business. We are nope. investing in the next generation of multi-millionaires. So let's get into it. Uh, anything in current events, y'all? Anything going on in the world? Y'all seen? I mean, it's a whole lot happening. I don't <laughs> want to touch it. Yeah, did he, did he get hurt? A lot of celebrities getting, a lot of celebrities are getting hit right now. But do y'all know I why? Could... Go ahead. I mean. I have some opinions. Well, for, for what I'm, and somebody correct me, there was a law that was passed that's about to expire specifically in New York, where if you had some sort of offense in New York, you can sue pretty much. But the, but the, the, the expiration date is coming up. So mm-hmm. that's why we're seeing all of it coming right now. Like, nope, they did that to me. They did that to me. They did that to me after all this time because the expiration date is coming up yeah. on some law that Donald Trump put in place, I believe. Mm. What's your thoughts? You think that the the Diddy thing had to do with that? What do you mean? With the with the lawsuit that lasted twenty four hours. The law. Oh, I don't understand oh, the question. Oh my god! Like you're saying, there's there's an expiration date on some on you know filing charges, I guess against yes. someone um, and out of New York. Mm-hmm. And then, but before that, you talked about current events in the news, and mm-hmm. I know Diddy is one of those. What happened with Diddy? Are you yeah. familiar? Yeah. What, you talking about like what he did to all these people? Allegedly. 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 I'm saying, were, were, you, were you referencing that at all? Since you said Diddy and then New York and the law. Do I? No, well, I think it's not even just him. There's a lot okay. of people that are pointing fingers now mm. because there's a window that's open right, right. now. So I think it's it's coming in abundance now mm-hmm. off of the, okay, I say this person did something to me. They settle, give me millions. Oh, hold on. Right. I can do that too. Not saying that it didn't happen. Right. But that's I why I think there's saying. an influx right now. I see what you're saying. I don't know if this one, if his falls under that. That was just the only one that I had heard of or was familiar with. Oh, no, it's a bunch of them. Wow. No, it's a bunch of them. I think it's two sides. So, of course, law... That that you mentioned about the expiration, so people have a window of time that they have to file. But I also think that stuff like this would have happened regardless. The only reason we're hearing about it is because I believe when Diddy's trended, it became a way to monetize for the media platforms we consume it from, which is mm. social media. So I always say, whenever you keep seeing the same reoccurring theme, somebody's getting paid. So it, it's advantageous. Mm for, I won't name the different social media platforms, they're media platforms. So the same way CNN, CNN doesn't run something on the news on a cycle that does not allow them to get more money for advertisers, right? So they're looking at trends of watch hours. Consumption, the same way we see shares and saves, they see them too on their social media platform. Mm. So they're looking at their media platform. Oh, shoot, we got a million shares about this. So why then... And a cycle of 12 hours, keep showing it. Now, what does it become? 
we would only be talking about it if they, because they leveraged it and we kept seeing it on our timeline. It kept being shared. So I think we forget that the most expensive thing now in the new currency is attention. So when you find things that is garnishing attention, that is leading in conversation, it plays into if we had an opportunity to make the whole world pause and take a podcast and talk about our products, we do it. Yeah. So we forget that the product that media platforms are selling is our attention. <laughs> right. Right. We, we, we sometimes forget that's how LeBron's salary is made up. The NBA then sells LeBron because LeBron holds our attention, not the NBA, to ABC, NBC, ESPN. How can they cut a check to him? Because they say LeBron garnishes this much eyeball attention, so we will say we will pay him based on that attention. So I'm not saying that this stuff isn't true. I'm not saying that it's wrong, right, or indifferent. I'm saying we do have to still stay focused and guard our attention to say this would have happened whether we knew about it or not. Why do we keep hearing about it? Because it's advantageous to the social media platforms to keep putting it in front of us. Okay. Marty, any thoughts? None. None. Okay. All right, cool. Stay political. I like that. that I, like, I, sh- and I, should, I shouldn't be talking about this stuff either. But I, sh- I mean, you're the host, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely not informed enough, right, right. to have an opinion on it. Yeah. I can approach it from a similar point that Marcus here, but I think he just captured it well. Yeah. Here's, here's why it may affect you at some point, because uh, I think as we all build a bigger name, you become a bigger target. For sure. I don't care how many people you've helped, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think even as we're talking about the topic of how to create a brand people want to buy from, I think there's some foundational principles of building a brand that can help you, right? So I know we do have, and, and we are all flawed, right? We, we all have our issues, but it's especially important as you're becoming an influencer or, or influential in some way, right? So there's there's something that we're just not aware of that somebody's going to attack us for. Now, their situation, that's just a different thing. Like, if if you did this, then you deserve to rot in jail, mm-hmm. period. But um, it is, it, it's. I think it's scarier than some people think of being an influencer yep. or a brand, yep. right? Especially people rely on oh, your I, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I'm at the point now in my life where I assume everything I'm doing is being recorded. Anything I say is being screenshotted and saved for a later date, and whether that be used for positive or for negative. Mm-hmm. I'll add to it, um, one of the things that we're adding in sort of on SOP level is I'm very cautious about where I do interviews now, especially in the age of AI. You can do deep fakes. You can take a person, chop it up, make them say that they said something that they didn't say. So mm-hmm. I request the raw files of everything that I'm ever being recorded on so that I got the actual transcript of what mm. actually happened. I'm very careful of, you know, I'll, I'll take pictures, but I tend to keep my hands to myself, right? So it might be natural to put your arm around somebody. But what if you go too high? What if you go too low and they feel uncomfortable as a result, right? So I learned that from Keanu Reeves. He doesn't put his arms around people when he takes pictures. So as we walk into these spaces, you mean a lot to people in a range of ways. They've got a much deeper relationship with us than we have with them. And so you don't know how a person is going to react or want to engage you. And so you just kind of take some necessary precautions. So some of it is just overall safety. And then the other part is kind of what we say, like reading the room, right? So nowhere to be, where nowhere not to be. But it's very real. Absolutely. Yeah. Super real. And do y'all have any apprehensive apprehension about being a figure, especially when you start helping people and accepting money? Any apprehension on your brand? Because 
obviously we have these stories of somebody bought something from us and they don't think that the thing they bought from us um, or one, they didn't get it because they put in the wrong email address yep. or it, it could be anything. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know if you ever had this, you get the, they buy something. You could see that they watched a lot of it. <laughs> right, like, right, right. yo, <laughs> right. Give me my money back. Yeah. Right. What are, what are your thoughts around being influential and taking people's money personally? Cause it's not just a store with a product set up because you are the person they gave the money to. Coach? Yeah, I think there's a whole um, a whole expectancy of or a whole thing where I can just return something. Amazon and Walmart have had society think I can just buy it and return it and it's just that easy. The difference is a lot of what we do is a, is a service and we can see if on the back end. I don't know if y'all know that, but we can see <laughs> right. how much of it you guys have have consumed to the point where we've had to create SOPs around when somebody does a chargeback, you know, we have a picture of them showing up in the Zoom. Um, really? Yes. Talk to them. Yes, yes. Culturally, it's like, oh, well, I'll just get my money back. A lot of times people will go into it with, well, I'll just get my money back if this doesn't work, realizing the work is them, yeah. right? You have to put in the work. We have a whole process, SOPs around chargebacks. That's one thing. And, uh, and, and, and how society has made it okay to charge things back. But the other thing is when you buy a, a, a coaching program from any of us, you have to realize, one, you're investing in yourself. You're not investing in me. You're not investing in us. We have the blueprint, the framework, and whatnot. There needs to be a shift of what people understand that they're buying. For example, when you get a gym membership, they are not coming to your house to pick you up. <laughs> They're not following you around, slapping the fork out of your hand. Yep. They're responsible. When they sell you that gym membership, they're responsible for making sure the doors are open. They're responsible for making sure that equipment works, is sanitized. There's people walking around that you can ask questions to, but the work is on you. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I think that that needs to be deeper understood as people are buying into into these situations That's thinking it's just a, a button. Once I pay, I'm, you know, the internet tells me that I, I got a six figure business now. Yeah. We need to shift. I like that. what it means. I like that. Let me, let me, let me ask this question. So as we're, before we even get to the point of someone paying us for something, we need to start building a brand that people want to pay us for. Right. So what are some of the foundational principles? And I'll, I'll start with Shu Rozier. What are some of the foundational principles we need to keep in mind as we're building, especially a personal brand? And I think we can go into personal brand and like a, a the brand of a product, right? But yeah. I'm gonna start with you. So I'll, I'll take the position of program, product, brand, and I can't wait. I got my phone program, here to write what? notes. Like a program, product, business, okay. a brand around a business. Yep. I, I can't wait to hear my brother. Like he's he's a friend of my mind. Is what they said during the Renaissance era. <laughs> that mighty he different. But uh, in terms of a program, so some of the foundational things in terms of program business, a brand around a business, everything starts with a promise. Mm -hmm. It is what someone can expect when they get you. And I think it's a distinction very quick between market and brand. So if we said, "Hey, go to the store and get some season salt," season salt will be the market. But what brand are we getting? Laurie's? Are we getting Adobo? Those are the brands. 
go to the store and get ketchup. You're in the market for ketchup. The brands would then be great value or whatever the specific thing is. People are confusing mar- a overall market, those who are in a market for something, and individual brands that make someone, when they have a desire for something, choose you versus someone else. Mm. So the promise then separates you when I'm in the market and already have a desire for something, how do I decide whether I buy from you or someone else? So the promise then does that. This is where we get into the nuance of if we were using people, if we were using Beyonce versus Kim Kardashian. Beyonce has high value proposition recognition, so does Kim Kardashian, but she has higher visibility. Mm -hmm. So the mystique of scarcity then is a part of Beyonce's brand. People have to decide how often you want to show up. That's a part of your promise. If you say how accessible you are, that's a part of your brand promise. Part of your story, whether it's the low points of your story, your pain, your intellect, your charisma, we forget when we're talking brand, my faith is a part of my brand. Mm -hmm. It's, It's the intangibles of someone, what can they expect from me, my MO, where we will find some people say, man, I just ride with you because I just like your sense of humor. The part of your brand is you're relatable to a mass market of people. You're, you're not the same type of entrepreneur as everyone else. So if I were to make it simple for someone, I would start by answering the question clearly, what does someone get when they, when they get you or do business with you? How do you frame that? You write out in advance, when they're done working with me, they will say that I helped them do blank, I taught them blank, and they received blank. I like that. You okay. start with defining what you want the testimonial to be. And then you shape your business around fulfilling on that. What do you want people to, what do you want the testimonial to be for your brand? Like when people interact with your brand, what do you want them to walk away from or tell other people about your brand? With me, I'm in the space now of not trans doing an information transfer, but a skill transfer. So I want them to say, he didn't just teach me information. He taught me a skill that now I can do it myself. Gotcha. And his team built it out for me, so I got I was able to do it fast. Those are some of the words we're looking for. What about you, my dear? Give me the question again. What do you want people to take away? Yeah. And what do you want what, what do you want people to say your outcome was when they engaged with your brand? Mm, beautiful. Um, if I had to distill it down, it would probably be three things. So one, um, provided them with a certain level of information that helped them achieve some clarity. The second would be truly understand how to strengthen community. And the third would be that they increase their cash flow. So depending on what particular product or offer, I can dial up option one, two, or three. And then there are some that kind of go across all of those, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know that, hey, I got a pretty, I'm pretty clear on what I'm doing, right? I'm, I'm building out uh, this free smoke and I want to figure out um, how do I build and strengthen community around it? All right, great, we got an offer that can get you in at number two. Or if you're solid on, I've, I've got the clarity on what we're doing. I got the team in place. I'm looking at the engagement, but we ain't really monetizing this thing the right way. And we can dial in on number three, but yeah, in a, in a nutshell. And for, for what Marcus was talking about in terms of the promise, I guess yeah. my promise is I'm going to deliver an episode to you on Instagram a couple times a week, right? Morning meetup, I'm going to be there. That's my promise for your brand well, that's part of the promise though right because mm-hmm. you ain't just being there it's what do they get by you being there and mm-hmm. what do they get after after you leave right so yeah um i would say the if if you were describing it that way that would be part of the the benefits or part of the descriptors 
But I think there's a bigger promise. There's a bigger reason for why most people are coming. The biggest one is probably just accountability because y'all every morning. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. How many people can get up and be somewhere every morning? Um, so if you were to poll your audience, I'm willing to bet that most people are there for the camaraderie, the community, and the accountability. Dang, hold on. Say that one time. I need to write that down. <laughs> I'm throwing that on the, on the yeah. website. So we profit sharing. What's up, family? This episode is sponsored by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you know you're getting the real deal. Whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag or a watch that says it all. I mean, jewelry that makes you look like the gym or sneakers and streetwear that make every step feel fly. I remember wanting the two tone Rolex. It was beautiful. Jubilee band. I remember seeing it on TV. I remember seeing it on successful people. And what made me fall in love with it was the style, the swagger, the elegance of the person wearing it. Not even the watch. It was the vibe of the person wearing it. And I remember when I first got it, the feeling was incredible. I felt accomplished. These days, to know for sure you're getting the real deal, you got to go straight to eBay. When searching, just look for the blue check mark. It will say authenticity guarantee that means when you buy it you can be confident that it's authenticated by real experts ensure your next purchase is the real deal by visiting ebay.com for terms that's ebay.com um, super chat and i'm just sending an invoice for the consultant <laughs> so if everybody keeping record of that um but no i say i think they're there for the the um accountability the yep. camaraderie and the community you talking spicy. Because entrepreneurs are dispersed, right? We're in Atlanta. We tend to think that entrepreneurship, especially within like black America, Atlanta's a hub. But we forget that if you're in Roanoke, Virginia, like where are you going to go get some community to have you thinking different, right? If you're in Jackson, Mississippi and no shade to the markets. But if you are in a smaller market, you're going to have to get this digital or this virtual version of a community. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the power to it as well. I feel like you feel like one of your promises just through, through your like posts that, yo, I'm going to be here to inspire you on a regular basis. Almost like even if you didn't post much yesterday, yeah. like you'll come on today. Like, yeah. yo, my bad and do something yeah, like yeah, funny yeah. about it. Yeah, right. For sure. So now me as a person obligated? versus the things that, that people purchase for me are slightly different. Correct. Right. So what they get from me as a person is um, this is a lifestyle. So even to your point, even if I don't post every day, it feel like it. I'm that consistent that you can hear my voice. You can feel my tone. You can see me in other people's words because I've been very, very clear about my messaging. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's just an omnipresence that come from it. I'm not trying to be uh, um, beating or tooting my own horn, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to show up every day because I don't want to get too deep. This bigger, like I think most people looked at entrepreneurship as a money grab. Entrepreneurship say my life. I got a different relationship with it, right? So we met on the back of me coming out of corporate, and Dave chuckled. He like, man, you you quit a job making how much money? Right? It's easy to quit making thirty thousand. It's easy to quit making thirty five, making one hundred and fifty with a fifty thousand dollar bonus. That's some different stuff to quit. Mm -hmm. Um, because I had too many days where I woke up and I didn't like the person that was looking back at me in the mirror. Mm. I love what I was doing, but the route I had to take to get there, the politics, some of the things, some of the the, the backstabbing that was part of corporate culture, I was too disjointed as a person. So now I got to come in here, look a certain way, talk a certain way, believe and then behave a certain way and then leave and try to be somebody different. So I didn't set out, I didn't write on my vision board that I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur. I need to get the heck out of that system that wasn't allowing me to be a whole human. 
Mm. And so I found that in entrepreneurship. And so I keep showing up every day as a reminder to myself and others that it's deeper than that. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Because people ask for stuff and then when you get it, you don't want it. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I I wrote a post that I said, I'm unable and unwilling to go back. Mm. Right? On On my absolute worst day as an entrepreneur, I'm still unable and unwilling to go back to my old life. A few years ago, I remember you, and it was like it was like a string of these types of comments for you, where you were like, uh, "Hey y'all, should I go back and get a corporate job or something?" Yeah, like yeah, that. for sure. Was that content or that was you said, "Yo, nah, that was real life, right?" So yeah. I think um, let's be very clear. I'm when I say I came from, you know, loving situation, but I came from humble beginnings, right? So part of the vision, part of the brand of America that we buy into is rags to riches. So you work real hard. I went from kindergarten to college and I never made a C, right? Mm. I'm looking for my payoff that this sacrifice was going to be worth something. And so you go get this job in corporate and you build your entire existence and your identity around it. I got this status with Delta. I got this status with Marriott. I got this fancy title. People respect me inside this building. So when I left, I was having an identity crisis. I'm not just working this job. I am this person. So when you see me stepping into entrepreneurship, because I didn't necessarily move into it with a clear, concrete plan, you're longing for what the thing that was familiar. And so me going back and forth was like, what if instead of the stuff that we would normally keep to ourselves, what if I just shared it because somebody else going through that? What if somebody else is in that same spot? Or what if five years in the future we get here and we can have this conversation because somebody listening on their lunch break and they saying, oh, bro, I'm there, right? Mm. Um, so for me, it was less about the content side of it and more about the, the burning the boats, for lack of better words, that analogy of like, if you're going to take the island, which is entrepreneurship, if you're going to build this thing and be successful, you have to burn the boats. You can't keep wishing that you can go back to where you came from. And is that is that a part... Are you bringing that into the experience of your relatability in terms of like you building an attractive brand? Yeah. Are you intent? Are you intentionally being relatable or is it a little bit of both of, you know, I'm just, I'm just talking how I talk or yeah. is there a strategy behind? I want to make sure I never fail to let people know. I know where you are. Yeah. Are. So a couple of things from what I hear me, I tell people create content emotionally, but post strategically. Right. So I'm always creating from a space of honesty at the moment, but I'm very aware on this bigger platform to Marcus's point, how we garner attention and how we steward attention. That has to be strategic. But the stuff I'm saying is real and it's felt. Now, that's some stuff that ain't my truth, but it's somebody else's in my village. I got 200 some thousand people at this circus. Right. So sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. But for the most part, I say 99, 95% of the stuff I put out, like it's it's real and it's processing through. He got the pen in his hand. He's ready. He's ready for the board. Hey, we got the whiteboard. Hey, look, just promises. You want to touch that whiteboard? Just hey, man, whatever the question leads me, brother. I appreciate it. What did I say earlier? I was like, bro, y'all in trouble. When I saw that board and somebody, y'all are in trouble. Because he normally got a pad. I know you got yeah. a notepad somewhere. This is close by. <laughs> Keep it on me. Coach Kelly, uh, talk to me. Foundational principles around building an attractive brand. And I don't know if you're, I, I just know who you are. Who you are is just, it's a very loving, genuine person, right? Down to how you talk, right? How you engage with people. But for those that are listening, 
What are some of the foundational principles to building an attractive brand that people want to buy from? It's really being youer than you, like Dr. Sue says. It's, 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 I don't want to overstate um, the tagline, you got to be authentic, but you, you really do. It's like my D was saying, um, cause that's kind of my story too, coming out of corporate, there is an identity crisis. So I need to talk about that. That's authentic to me, but also strategically talking about it on my, my weekly webinar that I have, I'm going to talk about, you know, sitting at my desk and, and realizing my season of life has changed. Mm-hmm. Because I know that there's people watching that their season of life has changed. That's why they're on the the webinar. But then what do you do when that's what you went to college to do? You bought the American dream, go to college, get a good job, you know, have, get married, have children. Didn't happen in that order. Mind your business. (laughs) 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 But we, me being able to talk about that is the authenticity of the brand. So I think that's one thing that, that people have to um, have to align with is what I tell my clients. Don't be scared to talk about your story. If you want to attract people and help them with working through their story. Well, if it's a divorce, don't be scared to talk about divorce. That's what's going to, that's, what's going to, you know, bring them in. Now you don't have to give the gory details of, you know, when you left and you put his stuff on the, on the porch, you don't have to say all that, but talk about the night when you didn't think you were going to make it. Yeah. I want to go a layer deeper now because it's not, so we can say be authentic, but it's not easy to be authentic. It's not easy to be yourself in this world where we see all the things that are either working or not working. We look up to um, somebody that might say, yo, you got to post three times a day, or I'm saying, yo, you need to start a podcast. Right. And you're like, I don't know what to do. None of this feels good for me. Yeah. And I don't want to be super vulnerable because the last time I was vulnerable, this happened. They took it and ran with it, right? And then you got different coaches giving you different strategies and you're like, I don't know what to, I don't even know who I am or what my thoughts are anymore. Mm -hmm. So I want to go maybe like a layer deeper on how do we become authentic? I don't think anything naturally feels authentic. it happens over time, like sitting in it, for instance, if we just look at the overall climate of social media, I'll mm-hmm. go, I'll go mentally there and then we'll go really, really simple. Yeah. Well, the authenticity, authenticity people are looking for, they're gauging by a metric and a score they didn't create. You got to first define that for themselves. Mm-hmm. You can't define the score by likes, comments, saves, shares. Mm-hmm. Those are vanity scores based on the platform, whether it's YouTube, subscribers, based on the platform. But if you set out and said, I want to be consistent and post a video a day, your score is your consistency, not your subscribers. Teach. Mm-hmm. If you say, hey, I just want to challenge myself to every day post one piece of content. And my when I started, bro, my goal of my brand when I started was to make one person a day love me. That was my thing. Make one person a day love me. Whatever that looked like, that didn't look like that didn't like followers, that didn't look like save, that just looked like resonating with someone and sharing an aspect of my journey, showing up and saying, I can't expect people to pay me in a way that I haven't paid myself. If it were a job that I hated, I would show up. So why wouldn't I show up for the life that I love? Mm. Right? Mm. So that was my thing. Like I wanted to challenge me to say, 
tired and different. That's a I said I got up and went to work. Can I get up and work for myself? So the vanity scores of social media isn't that. Here's what I teach my clients. I teach that every person should have what I refer to as empathy scores. Meaning, what do you emotionally feel when you do a thing? If, if you used to take you an hour to film a piece of content and now you're like, man, it felt good when I did that, it took 10 minutes. That's the score. Skill is improving. Feel better doing it. I'm more clear when I do it. Man, I realized before it was hard to do this. Now I feel bad if I don't do it. That's a real score. Yeah. Now standing in that authenticity and then disarming it much like if I use 8 Mile, he disarmed Buddy by saying what he was going to say. Mm-hmm. So you disarm the feeling that you feel because you bought into an identity that sharing your real truth is is horrible or not successful. No, the greatest superpower is your ability to stand in, authentic- in authenticity and say, this is what I am. This is what I believe. And that for me is success. So it's that a person had you got to practice that you cannot get what you want. Like if you if you give up, if you think about authenticity, you have to give up a lie to accept truth. You have to give up singleness to accept marriage. You have to literally give up the, the convenience of comfort to even lift weights, any of that, right? So you have to give up whatever narrative you have in your head that no one ever said to you. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff we mm-hmm. believe about what we're going to post is the conversation we have when we only see ourselves. Drop a super chat. <gasps> Do it for the kids. If you can change that narrative of self-talk, I'm about to go self-belief, <laughs> self-identity, <laughs> self-image, the highest form of self-love it's self-discipline. Teach. The highest form of self-care is self-honesty. If you can be honest with yourself, self-care and getting your nails done is being truthful with yourself. Why am I not doing it? Yeah. Why do I want something that I'm not pursuing? That's what that's what authenticity is. So it's in interviewing yourself. 100%. And having them hard conversations, which is skip, skip the massage and sit with yourself and have self-honesty. That's self-care. Fire. How do we become authentic if we have so much stuff in our face? Yeah. So I'm, I'm smiling because there's a connection to social media, but there's a human part, right? You either authentic or inauthentic as a person. Really? <laughs> That's so good. You just show up on social media That's as so you are, good. right? A bar. So now I think there are <laughs> reasons why people have built walls around themselves to protect themselves the trauma that you've been through that, that created the limiting beliefs, the voices, whether they come from you or others. So I'm not here to, um, to tear those particular things down, but from a, how do you translate it into social? How do you translate it beyond just you? Um, it was a couple of things that I, I'll give out because they may resonate with different people differently. The first thing is I tell folks, try not to do in public what you haven't done in private. Mm. So for most folks, that's why the first step in the entrepreneurship is therapy. Because you're going to show up on the internet with people that don't have this deep emotional resonance with you. Most people on the internet are here for the engagement. So they're just trying to get some type of response out of you positively or negatively. So you don't want to just show up raw and unhealed in some capacity just saying, they told me to be authentic. Go depend on the depth of what you're dealing with. You need to get the person that can provide the counseling and or coaching to then help you better show up a certain way. The next piece is um, you can be authentic but you can modify the percentage of transparency. Mm. That part. You can here be is, authentic, absolutely. But modify the percentage of transparency. So here's what I mean by it. authentic is this is just real, this is raw, this, this is me. Transparency is how deep into a particular story do I want to go? Mm-hmm. So I tell folks to tell the stories in layers and allow your confidence to build over time. So layer one is I quit my job to become an entrepreneur. 
That's an authentic, factual statement. But the transparency, I ain't giving you much. The next part of that story is, although I had saved all my money because I hadn't figured out my business model, I ran out of money. And I moved in with my homeboy in order to sort of give myself more runway to work this entrepreneurship thing out. Mm -hmm. Now I'm being a little more transparent. Same authentic story. I can go deeper. And even after doing that, I still hit rock bottom and had to move back home with my mom. I told her I needed 30 days. It took three years. Mm. Right? You might not be the person that can show up in front of the World Wide Web and tell that level of the story, but it doesn't um, take away from the fact that the authentic story is that I quit entrepreneur. I quit corporate to be an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Um, The other part is this. I also said, if I'm going to build this, let's go back to brand because brand is nothing but a highly concentrated version of a promise, knowing what I'm going to get. And if this thing doesn't happen, what's the recourse, right? So if I open up um, a a can of Coke, it should taste a certain way. And if it doesn't, who's going to rectify this or who's going to make it right? Um, Hell, I lost my train of thought. Get me going on Coca-Cola. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> what a hint. No, please. Um, no, I really did. I was talking about, oh, let's go back. Oh, the deeper, the deeper part of a, a, a brand mm-hmm. and it being really, really deep on, um, on your brand promise. I think when I said I was going to build this thing big on social media, I wanted to be very clear that I'm not going to build a brand and lock myself in a cell mm-hmm. by being unauthentic. What I mean by it is what if it works? What if you get 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, a million followers, subscribers? What if the money comes and it's all built on lies? Mm. Yeah. Now you can't even enjoy mm. it. So true. A person run up to you and they say, man, this strategy worked for me. And that you didn't never use that strategy. Yeah. A person saying, man, when you talked about quitting and you didn't never quit. So for me, it was like, let me build this as real as I know myself to be. As I understand deeper layers of myself, I'll tell more of those stories. That way, anybody that see me any day is built on truth. And I can wake up, posting ain't a job because it's just be myself on the internet. Yeah. Say less, come in here, be myself on, on, on this couch. Yeah. Hoodie and all, chilling, cooling it. This is me, right? So if this is a brand, sign me up for it. I think where most people are getting it conflated because you know, I'm about, I got, got, got to go there. We're trying to take physical attributes of brands and put those on people. We came from the industrial age. Industrial age is those bottles of water got to look a certain way because the top has to fit on the bottle and the bottles have to go into a six pack and the six pack has to fit on the pallet and the pallet has to fit on the truck. And so you have to create a, a level of structure and rigidness in order to be a brand. So you pick this name because it's fanciful and you pick these colors because you understand color psychology. When you try to throw those things on a dynamic human, you're going to have some things that's going to conflict. And if you've ever looked at any celebrities, when they try to go outside of what people see them as their brand, people reject it wholesale. If Mary J. Blige want to wear uh, uh, red hair and put it in braids, they're going to have a problem, right? <laughs> if she ain't thinking about a breakup, folks feel a type of way. So don't build a brand that isn't real. Mine is fluid. You get these attributes of who I am as a person. That way, no matter what business I come in or out of, you don't lose the essence of who I am as a brand. Like you feel me? I like that. That's so good. Hey, mm-hmm. side note, when people be crying on Instagram, is that authentic? It might be you for them. Like, let, so now, no, let, no, let, 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 no, let me, let me, let me break it down. Now me, I'm cynical, right? So I, I know a lot of people see me as their favorite influencer, their favorite coach and all that, but I'm also 
it's it's comedy, right? So I think you are. Um, I'll give it to you this way: if you are on a video and you're giving, um, if you're on live, for example, and you start to cry and you let it keep rolling, I can rock with that. But if you are already crying, exactly, <laughs> and, then exactly press, and then you press the button, I, I understand the engagement aspect, but I think there's some deeper internal stuff. And if I were to talk to you on one on one. I would say, hey, look, let me help you navigate this space. I know yeah. what you're trying to do. But like, because right now, if I just get overwhelmed with emotion, telling my story, my cry, let it run. I ain't going to tell y'all to cut the yeah. camera. But I ain't finna cry and press record. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, I agree. And I've seen plenty of people do that. And I think it's really for attention. Yeah. Like you were already crying. And then you then you said, let me get on. I don't, I don't. That's that struck a chord with me. I just saw somebody do it like yesterday. Call <laughs> call your friends. But the reason yes. why is FaceTime FaceTime you somebody want attention. You want attention. Yeah. <laughs> but for somebody that's their authentic version of themselves as far as they know themselves. That, that maybe they've been starved for attention and they want some. Mm-hmm. Which is why I said if I was talking to them in a one-on-one say way, I would say, Hey, I see you. Here's another way to go about doing this. And here's some additional resources or things to think about. So that that doesn't continue to be your authentic version of yourself. Gotcha, you. gotcha. You know I mean? Okay, but well, it is comedy. It is comedy. <laughs> so, we, like, I wait, mean, wait, wait, they don't want to laugh at somebody's pain. I mean, I mean, not publicly. They be getting me in trouble, man. <laughs> Coach Kelly, how do we be authentic? Just, just, just like for those that are struggling with identity, and I think that's the mm. root of it, right? I, we're having identity issues. I don't know who I am. Right. So how does someone get to the root of that of being authentic? I think it goes really a couple of steps before that because they have to have belief in what they're supposed to be doing in life. Why Mm. are they here? Why are they showing up? Why did God stitch their veins together and give them life? Yeah. Once, Once somebody can understand that, I believe that showing up as your authentic self is easy. Yeah. I hear you guys saying that it's hard. I don't I don't think it's hard for me to show up as my authentic self, but I also know who I am. There's a difference when somebody doesn't know who they are yet and they're they're not clear, they're not comfortable in their being. When they're when it's coming from that space, they're wondering, well, who do I need to be? Mm-hmm. Do I need to be like this person? Do I need to be like that person? Do I need to be like that person? And that's where I think they 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 run into trouble with showing up, like you yeah. were saying. You're not showing up as you. You don't even when somebody meets you in the street, you don't even remember the story that you told two years ago. Yeah. Right? So I think it starts with finding out who you are. Why are you here? What is your belief around that? Hundred percent. I like that. I know we got some uh some 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 questions in the chat and listen y'all uh Nella, if we could throw up the phone number if you send a text message to this phone number you can call in live and have a live conversation uh, with this dynamic group of people so uh Nella, what's happening what we got all right so our first question is what advice would you give to someone who wants to create a beauty product from scratch and is needing assistance on developing the product where would you start and who would you reach out to to get the product created? First off, Elise Applewhite just gave $100. So, Elise Applewhite, we want to say Let's thank you, thank Lisa. you, thank you for the love. First off, she show up every live. Hey, That's love. And then drop seeds in the chat. Like, So, I'm the type of person, if I'm on somebody's live, 
I'll just do like the four hearts, the, the hearts, because I understand what uh, giving does for a person. So um, I just want to say I appreciate Elisa. Like she's always supporting, man. And I want to read this real quick. You're I love this fire. being your authentic self. I've been a nurse for about 20 years. So this is why healthcare staffing is so passionate for me. Dave, keep doing this for the kids. Thank oh. you. Absolutely. Make sure y'all follow Elisa hey, Applewhite. She's on Morning Meetup as well. So, um, uh, beauty brand. What we got? Y'all got? Y'all got an answer? I'm sorry. Read the question one oh. more time. One more. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I had to shout out my sister real quick. I'm sorry. One more again. All right. What advice would you give to someone who wants to create a beauty product from scratch and is needing assistance on developing the product? Where would you start, and who would you reach out to to get the product created? Oh, that's my D. Yeah. So. Here, here we go, right? What's this called? Free smoke? Or free smoke. smoke. Free smoke. You got to pay for this smoke. So I don't start with products. I start with genuine human problems, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. what is it that you're going to address? If you start from the concept of I want to create a, a skin or beauty product, you automatically start looking at all the images that are out here and thinking you need to mimic that. If you start from a core pain point, maybe it's eczema, maybe it's um, dry skin to some varying degree, maybe it's um, a person who has whatever the condition may be, hopefully something that you have a level of resonance with, right? Mm-hmm. Now I want to see, is this thing needed? So I still want to do some level of competitive research to say, holy smokes, there, there, there's a gap in the market here. Because I either need to be first or I need to be better or I need to be some combination of the two. If not, you're just in the middle screaming and making a bunch of noise. Mm-hmm. So first, don't lock yourself into the product. Think about what is that core human problem that somebody's dealing with that you have a level of um, ability or you have the desire to go to build the ability to then solve it, right? If I were gonna start with beauty, I'm not gonna tell you to do what most people do. They're gonna tell you to find somebody who already has a product, maybe it's white label, you slap a label on top of it and you try to outmarket them. I'm gonna tell you, go find a chemist. Because mm. if this problem is big enough, it's right for disruption. Go find a chemist, somebody who understands chemical formulations that can address this particular issue. And where you go and find them, that ain't necessarily my ministry, but that's the answer. Go find a chemist. You're going to go through a certain level of, because you need, we're talking about putting something on somebody's skin that's going to end up being in somebody's body. You need somebody with ethics and integrity before you do that. I wouldn't just go slap my name on a label and try to get in market and make some money. So I would look at a real issue, do some competitive research, make sure that I, I think the market is big as I think it is. Then I will work to find a chemist who can start some formulations figure out the trialing process, figure out how do I really um, be able to give somebody a promise and say, I do this thing or this product does this thing and I will build from there. Probably not the answer that they're looking for, but uh, I can't help but think in forms of, in terms of millions. You <laughs> 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 can't help you like, get a little, get a little <laughs> lipstick and sell it to your friends for $10. But you said something and we got a caller on the line. We'll bring him in in just a second. But you said, if the problem is big enough, it's right for disruption? Yeah. Explain that. So what I mean by like, most people are gonna take the shortcut. Most people are gonna see somebody and go, ooh, I like your cream, where you get that from? And they're gonna say, ooh, girl, I got it from Alibaba. You can just order you some and print some labels over here and then get in business. I'm not here to, to say that you can't, but when you dive into a problem and you say, whoa, it looks like there's a percentage of people who they're, they're using a close enough solution or a good enough solution, but it ain't actually fixing the issue that we're out here trying to do, right? So maybe you're trying to match skin tone and I'm having to use number two, but I really need a number four. So you only got two and six, 
That means mm. four is ripe for disruption. Mm. But you're going to have to do some legwork if you truly want to do this. You're not going to be able to market two as close enough or six as good enough. If you want to create that thing in the middle, you need to build it out that way. So part of the reason why I'm passionate to do this, I, I ain't got no tricks if you need to get rent paid by the first, which is the day. <laughs> and no shade to the person that asked the question. I'm not saying that that's yeah, what they sure. had. But like, I'm going to attack it from that particular way. How do I build something that I can then own, that I can then patent and or trademark, depending on what I'm trying to do, so that I can disrupt the market as opposed to make an extra $720 on Wednesday. Like, let's go ahead and put a couple thousand, tens of thousands into something and let's go make some millions out of this because that problem is big enough. I love that. Anybody else got any, anything else? I want to add something on the back end of that because I used to have a, a lipstick line called Kelly's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Right? So I think the, the thing I'd first say to that person is why do you want to bring this brand to the marketplace? I agree with what you're saying to a certain extent, but when I ask them why, if they say, I want to create this because I had a problem with eczema, mm-hmm. this I mixed these ingredients together after researching them, and this is what I came up with. Now I need to, okay, find a chemist. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is if, what if they just want it to be a lipstick that's not designed to, all right, you're never going to have chap lips. If it's just a an aesthetic move, then I don't necessarily think you need to go the route of a chemist and all of that. You need to find out who makes that cheap NYX lipstick that they sell at the beauty supply, go white label it and run the play. Mm-hmm. Right. So my first question to that person would be why, why? And once I know that, then I can know which direction. Well, let's go them. down that route. Right. I'm prepared for all the routes. So <laughs> okay. if we take something and if we white label, it assumes that we know how to outmarket people. Mm-hmm. What most folks are doing, if we keep it a thousand, most people, like I said, entrepreneurship is a professional sport. Amateurs encourage to play. Most people are taking the money they get back from their taxes or they take in a couple of dollars they saved up and they trying to get speed to market. And I'm not here to reject that. But from the time I spent out here, I think it's more fulfilling if they go after something meaty, right? Mm-hmm. So white labeling, cool. You can get speed to market. You can even get innovation from white label. But then you must know how to market and you must know how to storytell. So the next question would be, if you ain't that marketer, then who is the person that you're going to find is going to help you? Because now we're talking about high volume, low profit business. What's the average, average tube of, of, of lipstick cost? What is that? Like $10. $10, which means I'm probably going to have half of that in cost. So I got $5 just in cost between the tube of lipstick, the case it goes in, this, that, and the third. What's the average order value on this? Typically, because this is a, um, a sensory-based product, a person wants to see it, touch it, interact with it before they buy multiple things. You're going to have a hard time getting a person to buy 10 tubes of lipstick from a brand they never heard of. So now we got to come up with a trial and plan. How do I get them in the first one? How do I get them in the second, third one? Maybe I come up with a subscription model. We get into sophisticated business models. You talking. If not, when you go out and you say, I I spent $5, I can make 10. Now what's your price to acquire a customer? Do you know how to do it organically or we're going to have to do it through paid? If we're going to go through paid, it assumes that you already know how to make organic content that's good enough to put money behind it to amplify it. So I'm not, again, I ain't knocking it. If a person wants to say, hey, I want to cut my teeth. I want to figure out this entrepreneurship stuff and I don't want to invest a bunch of money just yet. I would say, of course you can white label. Go get a feel for the different disciplines that That's make up entrepreneurship. For sure. mm-hmm. But if I'm on YouTube and I don't know how long this, big, this, this thing going to last and how big this going to grow, I'm going to tell the person, 
think in terms of millions, think in terms of market disruption, and then really look at, do I really want to go after this thing? Fenty got the three pack for thirty one fifty. You feel? That's what I was going to say too. Typically, with the numbers that you're talking about yeah. is if they're buying one, most of the time women don't buy one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They buy several. So then there's the bigger profit margin. But I was also thinking that the person was asking probably to get started. For sure. So when somebody's looking to get started, which goes back to the why do you want to do this? I'll know from their answer and being the coach that I am, I'll know if they're a big thinker or if they're just trying to see something real quick. Right. Mad people trying to see something real quick. Yeah, there's a whole lot of people out there trying to see something real quick because they bought the internet hype. So my answer is going to be dictated on those follow-up conversations on what I'm going to tell you to do. If you're a big thinker, hey, let's go the chemist route. Let's blow this out of the water. Or else you're just going to be loud like you're saying. But if you're trying to see something real quick, hey, I can get you on with somebody to white label that today and we can be the market next week. Now we need to talk about building your brand. How are you going to get people interested in this? Wear the lipstick every time you go on live. See what influences that you can get to wear this lipstick and talk about it. We're going to go that route because it's not just buy it and people are going to sell it. You have to have people that want it. Absolutely. People with with juicy lips like mine, give them... Give them some some lipstick to put on. So it really depends on the person. It's not one answer. Nah, Makes good. sense? Yep. Let's get our uh, our caller. What we got, Nella? All right. We have Selvin on the line. Selvin, you are on with Free Smoke. What's up, Selvin? Oh, hello. <laughs> can you guys, uh, yeah. can you hear me? Why, uh, okay. why you sound surprised to be on? You called us, but. <laughs> well, to, to be honest, so I've just started listening to you last month in November because I've become very interested in entrepreneurship and I want to start practicing talking skills because right now I wouldn't say that they're that good. So I started my own podcast and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and I just want to know, so I'm 16, I'm still in high school and I want to focus on school because I'm trying to get into business. I think that's very important. But I also want to know what things can I also practice to uh, to like become a future entrepreneur. First off, send me a DM. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna send you this hundred dollars that at least Apple White just invested. So uh, you will be our our entrepreneur for the day. Just being 16. The fact that. You don't normally speak and you're saying, well, I'm not that good at communicating, but you decide to get on here anyway. I just want you to know that there is a reward for that. So send me a DM. I'm going to cash up you $100. So but getting into uh, jumping into entrepreneurship, anybody want to tackle that uh, for my man, Selvin? 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 That's the name? Selvin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing it, right? Anybody want to tackle that? If I, uh, my, my view is going to be a little different, Selvin, and shout out to you, man, for the boldness that it takes to ask your question and show up for yourself. So you, that's half the battle. But I think that we forget that entrepreneurship takes on many forms. So entrepreneurship is an aspect of partnership. I was just saying this to Shans before we went live. What you all see now, like if we can switch camera angle to Shans real quick, like switch it really quick. I, there's a team of people doing that, right? So let's say the person who's an entrepreneur who does cameras can sell their service to the entrepreneur who's David, who's doing the podcast, who could sell their services to the person who's doing audio. We always think that entrepreneurship means 
owning, operating, and running 100% of zero. It is okay to be able to take what you, what you currently know or even your desire or your work ethic or any of those things and plug it into the genius of someone else. Uh, cell phones are a great example of that. Almost every person has a case. Well, when Apple made the phone, they were not thinking about a whole nother industry was created to support a device of someone else. Mm. So I think that you can create something that is an attachment to someone else's genius and it allows you to shine while also learning in the same at the same time. Uh, my D, he's a brand new entrepreneur. He's thinking about getting into entrepreneurship. What does this young man need to know? I think Marcus just tackled it. It's Selvin. 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 But what, I, what I'll add to it is I want you to keep a diary or a journal of this process. And I want you to write down the concrete step that you took and the emotion that you felt after taking that particular step. Right. So um, and so think about if it's going to let's use the analogy of what Marcus was saying. If you're going to learn about cameras, what does that process look like? What's the concrete step of, you know, investing in my first camera? How do I feel with it in my hand? How do I feel trying to shoot something? Because it's going to take both of those brains ultimately to succeed in entrepreneurship. you got to be able to manage your emotions, and then you're going to have to channel that into something that people can see, perceive, and ultimately purchase from you on the physical. So um, I just add that on top of what Marcus said. But keep that diary. If you feel comfortable, share it on social media and, and start to build a community around people seeing your growth and your progress. But if you're not comfortable yet, at least keep that diary and date it. You can come back, you can take pictures of it, and it can make for a beautiful documentary on how you started at 16 and grew into something awesome by the time you were 21. Love it. Coach? I would say first look at what have you seen entrepreneurs do that you want to do? Because I didn't see him say, like, what entrepreneur lane he wanted to go in. And so once you start considering which you would want to do, then find the top people in that space and kind of follow them online and see how are they living life? What are they, what are they doing? How are people engaging with them? And when you do that, you're going to see, you're going to start feeling like I resonate with this one more, or I like this one more. I, this one is out of the, out of the running. And so I would start that first. And I love Madi's idea of documenting the process, but I would not do just a journal I would do a, a YouTube, um, a YouTube channel on it. I literally saw a lady day before yesterday that was on YouTube and she says, I'm 30 years old. This is how the video opened up. I'm 30 years old and I don't know what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. The video had almost a million views. So that's dope. Wow. And people are following her process of being 30 and not knowing what to do with her life. But why? Because there's a lot of 30 year olds. Facts. That don't know what to do with their lives. Right. How many 16-year-olds could you self and be the leader of that they're now following you figuring life out? Love it. My my advice would be being 16, man, do not spend too much time in research mode. Get your butt out there, get that camera, shoot it, throw it on YouTube. Um really, really important. I think it's to get a product that you can sell through your podcast because I want you to learn what it's like to have a product and people not buy it. I want you to know what it's like to have a product. And you have some people buy it. I want you to know what it's like to have a product and you run out and people are like, yo, why you ain't got no more? And you're like, oh, wow, you are 16 years old. I want you to hurry up and fail. 
Just get some stuff out the way. I love mm. it. Just hurry up and fail. Get it out the way. I'm telling you, there are people that are 30, 40. They've been wanting to start something since they were 16, and they just didn't because they're afraid of failure. And everybody sitting on this couch have accomplished the things that we've accomplished because we failed more than most people. I've actually failed more times than I've succeeded. But it was them couple wins after all them failures yep. that make the difference for my whole family. Mm-hmm. So just get out there. I'm telling you, do not, don't sit there and think about it all day. Just get out there because if you just get out there and you start working, just like a job, you're nervous the first day and they tell you to do whatever that job is a year later, you don't even have to think about it. You come into work and do your job. But it's just through repetition. So um, don't spend forever in research mode. Just get out there. Hurry up and fail, okay? You talking? Um, good question. Good question. Um, next, so are we good? Uh, they said that me and Kelly were low. Are we good? We're good now. Okay, good. All right. So I wanted to ask this question. Moving on with building an attractive brand. Question for you: Why do you want to learn a new language? Like, where would you use it, and how would it come in handy? Think about this, right? Listen, you always wanted to learn a new language. Well, let me introduce you to Rosetta Stone. It is the most trusted language learning program and it's available on desktop or as an app and it truly immerses you in the language that you really really want to learn listen i am looking to really dive deep into rosetta stone this year i tried it it's really really fun because i always wanted to be able to reach a broader audience with my business so we about to learn this spanish espanol baby listen rosetta stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 different languages offered so if you want to learn spanish or french italian german korean japanese dutch polish 25 different languages offered. Also, um, it's fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. For one, there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's a very intuitive process, meaning you pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, speech recognition. The built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also convenient. Like I said, you can use it on desktop or app um, with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You will get a lifetime membership for all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in your life. Lifetime access, all 25 languages for 50% off, Rosetta Stone is offering you a steal of a deal. Listen up, y'all. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Social Proof Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Do it today. I get it. I know what's going on. Your business was rocking, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books, getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. This is you. You should know these three numbers, 37,025, one. 
37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and much, much more. 25. NetSuite turned 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all your KPIs or key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Listen, there's power in having organization in your business, having all the information in one place. With disorganization comes poverty. Trust me, this is an unprecedented offer by NetSuite. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash social proof. That's netsuite.com slash social proof to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash social proof. Aesthetics, what people see. So... You always well put together, okay? <laughs> Very fly. My D always has his hat on right. with a hoodie. He just took the hoodie down. You know what I mean? Uh, um, Kelly, obviously, right. you put, uh, we see the Louis scarf. Don't think we don't see it. You and, feel the, me? and the glasses. Don't we forget see the Louis glasses. Going on. You feel me? And wanted, the Rollies. Speaking of Rollies, it was like it's a little Rolex party huh? going on in here. Whoa. And nobody <laughs> nobody told me about it. So this is uh <laughs> it is the ultra the it, it is the ultra of the Apple Watch, right? Hey, but, on, you know. get money <laughs> so aesthetically, your brand, and we'll talk about personal brand first and then product brand. Um, where does your mind go when we start talking about the aesthetics, the visual presentation of a brand? I think it is very important. For a long time, I only worked in the high ticket coaching space. Mm -hmm. And so when I walk into a room, I need you to know that that's what it is. Yeah. And be very clear that like, even if I walk into a room and you don't know me, I want you to wonder, well, who is that? Mm. So your presence speaks before you do. So I'm always going to be put together. My page is going to match that my website is going to be that because I know the world judges us off of that. Should they know, but do they? Absolutely. Okay. So I really believe in being the brand that you are like Marty, you're just going to get it. And that's, that's exactly what he shows. He's, he's put together, but this is his brand. Yeah. Right. Marcus, this, this is his brand. Yeah. So you, same thing. You're always going to have on some fly sneakers. You're going to have on the hat a lot of times to the back. You know, it's you have on the the emblem with your mom on it. You're you're yeah. close to your mom, like that's who you are. Yeah. And I got, I got this after I got a couple of dollars too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I want to Eminem my D before he say something. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> my D say something. Had, had the wallet picture first, right? <laughs> right, but it, it's it's, yeah. it's who you are. So I think it, it's very important that your brand speaks before you do. But that said, I don't want people to think that you have to have the website and you have to have all these things in order to step into the space that you want to step into. Don't let that be a hurdle. How many times have you guys Absolutely. heard people say, well, I don't have my website yet. So, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, in real life, they don't need to go to the website. They need the payment link. Right. But, you know, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Rosier, uh, aesthetics, mm -hmm. 
we'd be lying to say it's, it's not important. Uh, I, I, for a multitude of reasons, the, all of us are processing things and buying words and images. That's how the human brain works. Uh, not to get extra with it, but we don't even hear with our ears. We hear with our mind. So you only hear based on how you process the image and the relationship you had of those words. Uh, you don't see with your eyes. You see with your mind. Mm. So your perception of what you see has a That's whole a lot bar. to do with what you think. Mm. So in that, someone seeing someone with luxury items think, man, you know how many people you can help? But those who have already reached a certain level of resources realize I can buy the nice thing and help those same people. Mm-hmm. It's perception of reality. So I'm, I don't want people to think that branding and aesthetics mattering means you have to buy expensive things. That's not the case. Uh, because lifestyle marketing, they tie that into brand. And I think people think lifestyle marketing is, li- is marketing luxury. There's a, there's a difference. Lifestyle marketing is just capturing and realizing that the most valuable t- thing to your audience is your life. So you market that. Mm-hmm. So to the single mom who working three jobs, have kids, get them up early and in shape, she can market her lifestyle. It doesn't have to be luxury. It could just be oh. this is the essence of what would build a brand and would help the most people. Mm-hmm. So when we talk aesthetics, if you say, hey, I like to dress nice um, thrifting, let's say if you do it that way, that's not luxury. That's a brand built around nice things at low cost. So it never has to be expensive. It just, it all ties back into this overall comprehensive promise. You talk Why do spicy. I? I'm very intentional about dressing. My mom didn't play that. I grew up in Panama City, Florida, 30 minutes away from Alabama, Mississippi. So it's Florida, but it's, I'm nine hours away from Miami. Mm-hmm. So we were Alabama with water. She felt like <laughs> if we, we, I used to walk to the park and cops would just sweep through and put everybody in cuffs till they sort out who you were. So you couldn't go out and no wife beater, none of that stuff. She was serious about, you can always dress down. You can't dress up and change that later. So all of those things now became important to me. When I got older, I realized there is something said about someone who's put together the from cologne to your scent to the way that you communicate. I was asking my clients, I go into a room and anytime I speak, I'll ask a poll when I'm talking about price. I always ask raw people who doesn't know me, who hasn't worked with me. People raise their hand. How much do you think it costs to work with me? Every time people, it always averages anywhere from $10,000 or more. And then I ask, how would you like to go in a room with strangers and nobody say less than $10,000? That's a brand. Mm. Because that means what I'm articulating as a result to a group of people, those who hear with their mind already said, I can't afford him. That's good. Those who hear totally different hear and connect to a brand. It's not clothes. It's just the thing that I'm promising and what I'm saying I can deliver. A person has already framed that and I'll go one step further before I pass it off. Sometimes we think with our brands when we're starting that we have to go low. There was never a time that Rolls Royce was inexpensive. They positioned themselves as such. So if I said, y'all know I'm a Tesla enthusiast. Y'all already know how I rock, right? So the S, the Y, the X. If I said, which I, I gave away my S. When I, if I were to say I was going to sell it for $5,000, the first question wouldn't be I'm being generous. You would say, what's wrong with it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't realize that when we are selling something, price is a form of branding and a form Facts. of marketing. Absolutely. No one cares how long you've done it. They care about if you just started and it don't work, I'm going to feel the same way if you did it for 10 years and it don't work. <laughs> you yeah. don't get an out because you just started. So brand, how you promise, what you're saying you can do, how you articulate your process, being able to identify what happens after someone is purchased from you. 
being able to describe those things. So aesthetics matter, but those aesthetics aren't just visuals. They're also verbal. Mm, I like that. I did. And he, what he did say is not about clothes, but sometimes that collar droopy, it ain't about the, you know what I mean? It's not about, it gotta be a, a name brand shirt, but <laughs> taking into consideration sometime, right? Just. Sometimes up, it right? is depending on who the client is. Yeah. No, I'm just saying you can be put together without having to spend a lot of Absolutely. money. Absolutely. That boy like, said that collar droopy. <laughs> Because there's some people like, yo, I ain't got to wear a designer. And I'm like, yo, you right. But Are you so when, when Steve, jo- <laughs> so when right. Steve Jobs would get up there in his jeans and his black turtleneck, it ain't have Louie all over it, but he earned his jeans. You know what I mean? But, but even in that, right, people do that on the internet. Oh, he wore a turtleneck, but they don't realize it's cashmere. <laughs> they don't realize like right, four thousand. It's, it's not a regular turtle. Yeah, it's, it's four or five thousand dollars. Oh, these are regular jeans. Yeah, but those might be purple label, right? Like, right. like they're not twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so the assumption is because they don't see the name that is cheap. No, unless mm-hmm. unless of course you're building a brand around this is the grind. This is the struggle. My boy Brandon. Uh, Brandon Dixon, he would wear shoes with holes in them when we first started working. Yeah. His <laughs> shoes had holes in them. Legit holes. Entrepreneur And shoes. he's like, uh, he called them, uh, and he branded them joints. He said, these entrepreneur shoes. What that told me from a, from a content creator perspective, and this is the person that's going to be creating my content, I like that. Oh, he's grinding. Oh, he's here. He ain't worried about looking cute and all. Now he got chains and all that now. It's yeah, a little different. Me. And he don't touch cameras no more. You feel <laughs> me? I, don't, where, I want the videographer with the holes in their shoes that's grinding. That's, they that's still holding about, a camera. Come on, bro. He ain't had no Instagram like that. So his brand was saying, I work hard. I get the job done. What I look like. It, it still paints a picture in the, in a person's mind saying, listen, my major focus isn't being the videographer that's next to you in the footage. Like the videographer where you say, yo, take a picture of me. Videographer, take a picture. And then they buy, yo, here, t- take, take a picture, a picture of me picture too. Of me too. <laughs> <laughs> so if your brand is about the underdog, it might behoove you to not go get no Margiela. I don't know. Margiela, they shoes, right? Or no red bottoms. If your brand is about like this is the grind, this is the come up. I want people to support my come up, but the way your visual presentation is, it should align with the direction of your brand. So my day, and I know this is about to get good. How y'all gonna to take all good. the talking points and then say, <laughs> and now you right? Because <laughs> you're the best one here. So, um, so I think a couple things. One, yes, uh, it should be. It's a. It's sort of a a triangle experience. First, it's what's authentic or real for you. The other part is we got a board if you need it. I'm just uh, <laughs> just how do you want that. to resonate with others? And the last piece is still being mindful of the um, people in which you're competing with, because all of these things are being framed up when a person is making a decision. Mm-hmm. So just, this doesn't mean you need to go out and get a costume, but it may mean you want to modify some things, right? Like I got a I got a lock and key on the on the on the beanie look, right? So if you were a content creator with dreads. And now you're going to actually look like a me too, even if Benny's was your thing. 
So you might not roll yours up or you might put on a ball cap just to help you be who you are because I got a strong footing in this particular thing. Let me ask right? Let me ask you this, though. Yeah, when sure. you were – did you wear it a couple times? Did you have an award and wear it? And then you're like, ooh, I got to keep wearing this because it's a part of my brand? Or, like, what's going on psychology, psychologically with that? Nah, I wear it because it's comfortable and I like wearing it, right? And then it was like, now I'm stuck hats. with it, so, right? So oh, there's some, okay, yeah. Yeah, there's some times where I'll go without it. You can let your locks breathe. But for the most part, it's just comfortable, regular me. You know what I mean? But I'm saying, depending on when you enter the market, you should at least be cognizant of the people that you may be in direct competition with and decide how you want to approach those particular things. Because imagine if you've seen a dude online with long dress and a black beanie, and he's like, this is what you need to do for your content. You're going to be like, bro, this dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you don't want to do, what you don't want to do is try to occupy the space that somebody already owns because you're going to inadvertently still make that person think about the person that owns it. So this is why color starts to matter. Pepsi is blue primarily because Coca-Cola is red. So if you told me right now you're going to launch your own cola, bread, cola brand, I'm going to tell you you're going to have a hard time if you're picking red or if you're picking blue because they mean so much emotionally to people already. Mm. On the flip side, this is why branding, if we go back to the origin of the actual word, right, there's a level of permanency around it. If a person has a brand, right, we know people that are in fraternities, they're branded. It ain't really going nowhere. If we talk about the origins of branding cattle to help them differentiate between two different cattles that offer both offer beef, but these one are grass fed and these are grain fed. Well, that stamp actually stands for that particular promise, right? So you got to think about before I lock myself into this and people start to know me for this and remember me for this, is this really what I'm trying to do? Now, it doesn't mean day one, you need to overthink it, but over time you need to be cognizant of it because the colors and the symbols become a shortcut to the promise. So let's go back to Brandon. Brandon has a stronghold on yellow. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about the entrepreneur shoes, but when you see that yellow pop up on your timeline, even if you're not trying to engage with the content at the moment, top of mind awareness, you're going to think about Brandon. You're going to think about shooters. You're going to think about things of that nature. Yep. Marcus got a stronghold on that green. You see that green pop up and you're like, here we go. He finna kick my teeth down my mouth with some <laughs> stuff I thought I understood. <laughs> so there are people who purposefully think through these things and create a brand identity system for you. I'd also add to it that it's more than just the aesthetics. Let's play on all of the senses. When you go into hotels, they invest a lot of money on fragrance mm -hmm. from how it's going to smell to what soaps and what lotions and all the things that we're going to use. Right. Let's think about sound. Maybe you want to start your video off with a chime or maybe you want to start your video off with a whistle so that even if a person isn't thinking about your reel, just by virtue of swiping, they hear that sound. And now they've become part of this sort of brand. So um, there's a lot that play into it. Don't You don't have to overcomplicate it. If you would ask me five years ago, I would have had them on a whiteboard building out a brand for a year before they launched anything. Mm -hmm. Over time, I'm like, hey, you can actually back into some of this stuff as you start to get some traction and get some income coming in. Gotcha. So let's talk to the person who I think there's a lot of people who talk about the high ticket, high value, right? But um, just how you said Rolls Royce, they never had, like they don't have no cheaper car right but kia doesn't have a higher end do they yeah they do they got a higher yeah, i mean end? cap said it relatively relative to what's right, right, what right. we they call a car now rick kia now though oh they wow yeah. they did yeah, they i think they, they wanted to get a piece joint. of that space they got 100k what about volkswagen i don't know no all right leave my examples alone <laughs> y'all get what i'm saying yep so there are certain uh well what dollar dollar tree they're not a dollar no more is it or is it dollar general dollar 25 <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't change for sure, for sure. They went on dollar twenty five. They went on twenty five cent on you. Damn, y'all think about that. I, did they just not think about inflation? In the what do you what do you think happened with that? Because you can't change the yeah. store name to dollar twenty five general. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you, you uh, so there's a couple different ways, right? You you honestly hope that um, over the course of time, there's a lot of things that people do in order to achieve that dollar price point. So let's say, for example, you're talking about toilet tissue. They would create two ply for a regular store, one ply for a dollar store, right? So it helps them still get, or you had tied and tied basic. And I'm using those as, as loose examples. Yeah. So some of this is that you're, you're confident that the merchants, the brands that supply you will be able to come up with a solution that helps you stay at this price point. The other part is, can I build a strong enough foothold? And this is why marketing extends beyond product. Placement is one of those things. Where can I find this thing. If I can build a strong enough foothold in communities where people don't have as much disposable income and I can build a level of, or a dependency where they know they can count on me, even if I have to go up by 10% or 20%, what's the actual alternative? Mm-hmm. Now that I'm a dollar 25, that don't mean you can go to Walgreens. It's four seventy five over there. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so some of that stuff is like, we'll kind of deal with that problem in 20 years when it gets here. Yeah. Hopefully we have enough brand equity. Hopefully we have enough market power to be able to weather the storm. And I wouldn't think that somebody's in the room thinking about a rebrand, mm-hmm. right? Dunkin' Donuts just dropped donuts and became Dunkin'. Right. So somebody's thinking through, are we about to break this brand promise or is it elastic enough for us to stretch into these price points? But in the meantime, we're going to have to adjust to inflation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll jump in there on that. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. Somebody in the chat said that $1.25 had me mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1.25 tree. Listen. <laughs> I, I think, too, from a place of transparency, like I'm in the middle of a, re, a rebrand, right? So every so often you look and you say, okay, does this align with who I am now and where I want to be and start projecting forward? Where I'm looking at the internet and I was like, it's so noisy. I don't want every time I show up for someone to think, how much is it? Mm. So I'm looking at my content and saying, what, what do I want it to sound like, feel like? And I sit and start thinking about markets in 2014, markets in 2010, a less, a less confident, competent, and a person who had less money. Mm-hmm. Like that version of me, Teach. who I had to be, right? And I'm starting to navigate that space or to your point of a reoccurring sound. Like with our podcast, we're testing something now, beginning of every video. If you're watching this video, you're about to make a whole lot of money. Every mm-hmm. video going to start that way, right? That's a trend and we end each podcast with well if you need me i'll be minding my online business those are two core phrases that i'm intentional about yep. when it starts trending we'll turn it into apparel so i'm already thinking about yeah these are my statements can't build a business big and you build yourself all these things we're grabbing so we started with what feels good what resonates because we said it so many times it feels good to me and now when i'm speaking i'll test it out and that ties back into certain things. So I think sometimes it's a matter of playing with it, writing it out and saying, I've built a business, but not enough people know the level of business I built. So I focused on business and making money. Now I'm focused on brand build mm-hmm. in a totally different way. You all that know me know the context of how, how obsessed I am with business infrastructure and being in my business and how I've done consulting for years for, yep. for companies. Yeah. So now I'm saying, okay, how do, how, what do I want to do and how do I want to show up online to help mass groups of people, which made me change my offer. As a business, we went, we're saying we're going out of business. We don't sell courses anymore. That's a part of our new brand. Mm-hmm. 
what do we do? We're positioning ourselves to saying we're who you come to when you want to create your course, your high ticket coaching program, all done for you from webinars to this and that. And that. That's a brand shift to say we, you can't buy a course from us. Does it make sense? I like mm-hmm. Now, what the price of what do people spend the most on? You, you're thinking about all this in a market and as a brand. Conference tickets, if you go VIP, is at least $1,000, right? Course costs average $1,000. One-year mentorship costs ten dollars to $25,000. We then said, let's create a one-year mentorship for fifteen for $1,200 for less than the price of a course, less than the price. Why? To then, my strongest asset is my communication. What happens to a group of people if I build this to 1,000 people who get to hear my strongest asset, which is my communication? I've established my brand with a tribe and a community of people, and I've helped them make so much money that now they can champion what I am. Like all of those are anchors within a brand. Mm-hmm. Thinking through it, writing it out. What do they want to feel? So I think for anyone who's listening, it's okay to pivot. It's okay Absolutely. to evolve to, I think it was Mighty's point, how they changed from Dunkin'. They changed their logo also from a donut to coffee because they sell more coffee. And they created a product line where in your grocery stores, you buy the coffee. McDonald's changed their brand from Ronald McDonald, which is non-existent anymore, to now, if you notice, they're they're generating more revenue with coffee and the products that are attached to coffee. Where Ronald at? Yeah, gone. They spent millions. <laughs> when they do that? Yeah, to because they got it's, rid of the playgrounds, sun, renovated. Sunset him out, right? Yeah. Over over a course of years, and next thing you know, yeah. I didn't even- have you been using Mint to manage your finances? Well, if so, I have some bad news. Mint's going away. It's shutting down. But here's some good news. There's an even better alternative. It's called Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and are absolutely loving it. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, which is the top-rated personal finance app, it also has a built-in collaboration feature so that you can invite your partner at no extra cost. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and much more. You can create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com forward slash social. And get this, Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint so you can keep all your tags and categories. And unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up and to customize and to use it all together, okay? Monarch is absolutely obsessed with constantly improving a product. So they actually release updates every two weeks and allow customers to submit suggestions so you can actually vote on requested features and you'll be able to see the product roadmap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com social. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash social for your extended 30-day free trial. Look, black representation in media means the world to me. I remember watching Arsenio Hall and Montel Williams and Oprah Winfrey. I remember seeing these black voices and I thought, you know what? I want to control a room like that. The next generation, however, of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct 
varied and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today. Told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama, the reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Listen, black representation is important. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices uh, as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get podcasts. Think about that. Ain't no more Ronald. What about like the little, the little purple, little purple bush looking evolution thing? of brand, right? So they, they don't got none mm-hmm. of the characters no more. They still live in your mind. I mean, they may <laughs> they may make a, a random appearance, but it's not an asset they're invested in. Continue to build. Oh, uh, I remember coming in. It was like right. a big stat. Like there was Ronald. Who was the little cookie? The little cookie man. <laughs> right. The whole the whole, the whole character. Yeah. Right? So they don't have any of those. Well, anymore. so look at. Grimace, yeah. Look at the evolution, and I didn't mean to jump into your point, Marcus, because he's he can articulate all his stuff. <laughs> but I think they ran up on the inevitable, which is as we transition into the information era, we realize that this may not be the healthiest stuff for kids. So how long am I going to continue to market as the primary place for kids when I'm serving something that allegedly mm-hmm. may not be as healthy, right? And so mm-hmm. what does it look like to capture that more of that adult market? What are the things that they're doing? So I wouldn't be surprised that coffee is, is doing amazing. They've got a fast drive-through. You can get through in the morning. You add a complimentary good to increase that order value, and you off to the races. Not that you don't still support those things, but they become secondary and tertiary to your primary offers. Tertiary. That's a good one. My bad. You say I do that when I talk. I ain't going <laughs> to All right, we got a caller on the line. <laughs> tertiary. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's crazy right because I was I was going like Google it, the spelling, but I was like, oh, how you spell that? I got to say it or spell it. Church Who we got? On the line, we have Tamika. Tamika, you are on, What's on up, Tamika? Free Smoke with David. Free Smoke, Free Smoke. What's happening? Hello, hello, hello. How are you guys doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm great. Okay, so my name is Tamika, and I have a brand, and the brand is called Be Bold. And in that brand, I have duffel bags, tote bags, sunglasses, and apparel. And of course, I want to sell my product, but I want to focus more on the message as far as being bold, because I was actually bold when I created this brand. So I'm really struggling with getting that message out about being bold because I want to encourage people to be bold in their faith, to step out and do things. And like I said, I've associated these things with products. So I just want some inspiration or some advice on how can I attach my content and make um, videos or content to show me being bold and associate that with my products. Mm. Uh, who, who got that? I'll take that. I'll take that. I'd say first, before you made the the products about being bold, 
there was something that made you want to make the products about being bold. So I would lean in first to what that is and let the products be secondary to that and just begin to speak in the space and talk about what that was, what that defining moment in your life was, what when you were bold, what was the result of that, and let that be the driving force to pay, make people desire to now carry the bag that says that. People buy stuff out of desire, and it's your job as the brand owner to create that desire in people, especially if it's something that's not solving a problem. Business solves a problem. Yours isn't necessarily solving a problem. Yours is more of a, a movement, a following, and that's, that's great too. You can build something great off of a movement, off of a following. So if you can build a Be Bold movement, a Be Bold brand, then you won't even have to try to sell your products. People will want, they will ask for them. Do you have something that says this? You know, when you go on live, drink out of a coffee mug that says I'm bold or be bold. Have a water bottle with that on it. Have a shirt that says that. Make, put the desire in their heart so they're asking you for it. And when you can position yourself where people aren't asking you for it, you don't have to sell it. You just have to order more of it. Mm, nah, this brand hard. I'm looking at it, actually. Did y'all go to our Instagram? Go to our, go to our Instagram. Bring, bring our Instagram back up. The underscore B underscore bold underscore collection underscore underscore. It's mad underscores in this joint. Golly. But uh, the bold, the underscore B underscore bold underscore collection. Y'all see it? But bags is hard. First off, let's check it out. I got some added thoughts. I want to. I want to take a look at it too. Go for, look at it on your phone, brother. Oh, I thought they put it up on the screen. I'm oh, feeling fancy. Oh no, we're not that. Oh we're not shit. We got that. Um, what's he? What's the word? Triggerous. Tertiary. <laughs> I would also like to add something on the. We're not that tertiarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was gonna say I'd like to add something on the back end of that. The name "Be Bold" is. Great, but the Instagram name is going to be too difficult to tell somebody, hey, just catch up with me on Instagram at the underscore B underscore bold underscore collection underscore. Yeah. So if you could come up with something that makes it easier, even if you remove the underscores, it, you know, hit me up at, at B Bold Collection is much easier to roll off your tongue. Yeah. Or just be bold or something like something a little easier to say. Yes. What y'all got? So let's add to it, right? I think, um, and I and and I'll uh, I'll, I'll add to what uh, Coach Kelly was just saying. So I like the aesthetics already. I think naturally names have uh, emotion. So let's lean into what boldness means. So I like the bold of the yellow bag. I like the bold of the front. Don't abandon those things. Keep thinking of ways to be as bold as possible to garner attention. But I threw your prompt into Chat GPT and I said, Hey, I have a brand called Be Bold. And I want to be able to build a storyline around it. What could bold stand for? Give me an acronym. So it said B could be brave and O could be outstanding and L could be leading and D could be determined. This allows you to start a conversational series around those different things. Now it may not be those actual definitions. You can still do this exercise for yourself, but now we can start a conversation around a brave collection. We can start a conversation around a leadership collection. We can start a conversation around these women or these people are determined for these reasons. Mm. And so now you can extend a name to have four different branches from which you attack that story, but lean into what the word itself means, bolster it with a sort of deeper, stronger meaning, and then allow the stories to make the products fly off the shelf. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. That's so good. Yep. yep. Find people uh, with bold stories. Absolutely. Invite them on. They're going to share it with their audience, and it's going to grow legs and build wildfire. For sure. Is that she's still on? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm is here. That like you and your husband. It is. I could tell. And we both, we both are hairstylists. I'm a hairstylist, and he is a barber. And we both, you know, we find that we've always been encouraging and inspirational to people. So I was like, you know, God literally gave both gave me the idea when I had COVID. And I was like, Lord, give me something. And he was like, bold, you bold. People always tell you you're bold. And I was like, okay. So I did have an inspiration. And I was like, let me, let me put this on something that I know. I love handbags. So, you know, that's where it actually came from. And I'm passionate about people seeing where we are because we are a tag team, you know, we, we are tackling this together. So I really want to get the message out more than anything. Yeah. But real, real quick, um, is this, how much are the bags? Would you consider this a luxury brand? Yes, I do consider it a luxury brand. So my tote bag, they're 150 and my, um, duffel bags are 180. Good. It looks like a luxury brand. But I've never really seen a luxury brand where it's the person and a spouse high fiving all throughout the page. Okay. So I would, I mean, if you are you making money in a brand? This is our first year, actually. Um, this this year here is when we actually put the brand out. So we've did good within our first year. Could it be better? Of course. But yeah. we've done good. But take. Take a few hundred dollars. You can find a photographer for a few hundred dollars. Get some different people with different looks so it doesn't look like you're making them at your house. The only thing I can envision is that little brick wall. Like that's in you and your husband's like two bedroom apartment. And y'all took a picture on the little table and y'all making them at the crib. You got a big box from China and it's wrapped and y'all put it together. and Y'all shipping them yourself. That's just that's the perspective that I get from looking at I this like page that. because it's just okay. you and your husband and you and your husband. Just find some different people. If you're going to be luxury, let's let's get a photographer, find some other people in it and like let's show people how to wear it, how to use it, where to walk like on your next flight, get your get somebody to take a picture of y'all getting on a flight or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's not it doesn't seem so homegrown. Aesthetically, it looks good. It looks really, really good. But it's just the the, the narrative that you're painting, where it looks like it's about you. And for a luxury luxury brand, it shouldn't be about a person and a spouse. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh my God! Thank you guys so much for this. I'm like, this is this is big for me just to have you guys doing this for me. So I'm I'm grateful for this. Yeah, do a, do a photo shoot. Um, make the first nine pictures, um, like, you know, fresh pictures from the photo shoot. Send me a DM as soon as that day comes where you got nine and first three, and I will buy a bag for my wife. Thank you so right. much. And I'm going to get on that today. You can yeah. believe that. You'll be hearing from me. I was going to say, there's a caveat to it, though. I'm not doing it after January 1st, so hurry up. No problem. All right. Good. Um, we got any other callers? That's strong. I'm about to call in. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got something I can pop out for the first. <laughs> no, that's, your wallet. that's some strong accountability, man. I, I like it. Stuff. I like it. 
Absolutely. Uh, will you say we do? We have another caller? Okay, cool. Um, so let's talk about this. Uh, pricing your brand. First, we kind of talked about aesthetics. And how do we know what price to put on our brand? Shout out to James Kim and anybody that's doing Super Chats. Let me see all them Super Chats that came in. Let's do a quick little shout out. We do a commercial break for all the shout outs. We are uh, Alisa Applewhite for the 25. Appreciate the love. Alisa Applewhite for another 25. She done doubled. She just spent the block, okay? Uh, Nyetta's in the building. Let's, that's my girl right there. Let Kids Play Podcast. Uh, I don't even know if she actually started the podcast, and if she didn't, hey, I'm roasting you right now. But thank you for chat. the $10. Appreciate that. That's my sister, Kelly Marie, with the $9.99. We appreciate the love. We have to get back to teaching people that impact and influence needs to be built before you start expecting people to buy from me. That's hey, a fact. Thanks for the super At least that, she be spending, she, she had about 150 today. Shouts out to Lisa <laughs> Apple. Make sure y'all follow her too. Lisa, put your, your Instagram in the chat. She shows up every single week. So well, shouts out to Lisa Apple White. Um, who else we got? Okay, James Kent with the $5 for the super, super chat. chat. All of y'all are going to be blessed. Yes, I was getting in my pastor mode. Like, you done sowed the seed. <laughs> you done sowed the seed. Um, and look, not me, especially not my D, because he, he didn't negotiate his cut just yet. <laughs> but y'all are, y'all are sowing into a youth initiative uh, where we are investing in kids' businesses um, all of 2024 and the rest of 2023. First stop is Martin Luther King High School uh, in December, okay? So we appreciate all the love, and I know everything you put in the ground will grow, okay? Who we got, Nella? Super Chat. Do it for the kids. Next up, we have Nyetta. Nyetta, you are on Free Smoke with David. That's my dog. Free Smoke, Free Smoke. What up, Nyetta? Hey. Hey, everyone sitting on the couch. Um, How you doing? Did you start your podcast yet? I did. I actually have more than 25 episodes. Congratulations. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. All right. What you got? Okay. So I have a question. So um, it's going back to what you all talked about a little bit um, a while ago. So when you have a problem that would disrupt the industry, how do you market that? Because it goes against the norm. So like most people are slow to accept change especially if it's not a lot of people shouting about it so um i guess what would be the best strategy to disrupt the market that you're in or the niche that you're in stop talking in code and tell us what you're trying to tell us what's the market Oh, I'm sorry. We gonna get body on the hot seat, bro. Yo, oh, that was my man. You are you are wrong, wrong, wrong temperament. No, 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 no. I, I just saw it too. We gotta do a co-host hot seat. Yes, sir. Let's go. So that's man, a 50, I, I like that. That's that would a be good split, right? That would like be good of us. He's gonna get. Now go ahead. Come on with. Tell us exactly. Give us all the information so we can help you best. I don't start hosting. My bad. She still here. Is her, um, where's she at? Unmute your phone, Nyetta. Come on with it. All right, it's not call. muted. Can you hear me? Yes, you're good now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm Nyetta with the Activity Playhouse. I help stay-at-home moms teach their little ones under five on how to prepare um, for school and build life skills. So my niche is early childhood education, but it's educating the moms that are at home or parents at home with their little ones. 
So that's my niche. But it, I go about it in a different approach. It's play-based. So it's not necessarily here's your ABCs, hold a pencil type thing. I use different things where kids are playing while they're learning. So that's my whole strategy is playing is learning. And that's not necessarily what a lot of parents, especially in our community, want to hear. So it's kind of hard to kind of break through with the message that they they can play while learning. They don't need to have a whole bunch of worksheets in front of them. They can learn with Play-Doh. I was going to say then, then that is the messaging. You would come to the market with the messaging of, is your child the non-traditional learner? And no matter where you take them to learn, they're not grasping in a traditional way. So I am the entrepreneur. I am the... I am the coach, you know, I'm bringing it back to coaching. I am the coach that coaches moms to facilitate a learning environment in a non-traditional way. If that's you, let's hop on a call. I mean, it doesn't have to be hard. Sometimes we overcomplicate what it needs to look like to attract that person. It's really just saying what it is, going back to the authenticity, just say what it is and the people that resonate with that will reach out to you. So I think you got a beautiful story to to add to it. Right. But the key is to get the parents in a certain framework. And that framework is the tradition is broken. Right. Look at their literacy, childhood literacy rates. Look at childhood math rates. You need to let them know that if they go with what we've traditionally went with, they're actually going to get traditional results, which is not what they want. So I think if you are going to go countercultural, you should be able to say, and here are the results that come by us going this particular route, here's our literacy rate versus national average, or here's how long it takes a kid to know how to write their name versus ours. Here's how long it takes them to know their ABCs versus ours. So always compare it to something that's already ingrained in their mind, which is going to be those averages either at the national level, the state level, or for their district level. Mm -hmm. And once you got a couple of successes, then we just continue to market the process that achieved that success. So moms, because I used to manage a, 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 a um, and not to do the mansplaining thing here, but I used to manage Graco uh, child, like car seats and stuff. We did a lot of research with moms. One of the core things is you don't want to feel like you're doing it wrong. Well, what if tradition is actually the part that's wrong? And so now you're providing that context for if you do not listen and not in a, like a mean way, but if you don't listen to me, if you don't adopt these strategies, here are the likelihood that you're going to receive the results that you're seeing in your district. So I think lean into what you know you can do, which is providing those um, those takeaways and the results that parents want for their kids. And then track your students all the way through. So if you catch them at six months to age five, show me what happens when they're, when they're under your care, under your strategy, and then show me the divergence. When these kids go from five to eight to 12, how are the kids that I'm working with different over a period of time? So I'm thinking long range in this. I think this can be, to your point, very disruptive because right now we would think that kids need to sit down and they need to have their um, their legs uh, Indian cross and they need to have a worksheet and that's how you learn. So I think you got something. Do you already have some tangible results with, with, with young folks? I do. So I have my three kids and then I also um, have some kids from, I'm in North Carolina now, but I used to do classes in Georgia. So I have kids where moms are still reaching out saying how their kids have um, progressed and grew into like learning to um, use their scissors, cutting with their scissors at two and painting and already knowing how to hold the pencil, but they don't necessarily have them writing and like using song 
um, teaching them how to spell their name yep. um, at three and four. So I have that. Okay. So let's let's use video to your advantage, right? If you don't are if you're not already doing this, this is what I want you to start doing immediately. I want you to film them doing a pretest. So film them trying to hold a pencil, film them trying to write their name, film them, whatever it is that you're going to work. I want you to film them before they come to you. Then I want you to pick a midway point and then I want you to pick a final point so that you can show over the course of six months, 90 days, two years, what have you. Here's how these uh, early learners look when they arrived here. Here's how they looked at the midpoint and here's how they looked at the end. And then that allows a parent to say, oh, wow, look at the progression, right? But without those things, we tend to play on the subjective. What I'm trying to do is get you to move from subjective to objective by giving some data, but still having fun with it. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that's what I was missing as far as showing the beginning and the end of the results versus just selling. And David told me to show my own kids, but I was still getting caught up in my head and people saying like, oh, that's just your kid. Nah, well, let's start with what we have, right? Before I t help somebody else grow their social media page, I grew my own. So um, don't shy away from that. What's up, family? Listen, a new year for many people means resolutions to save money. So stop shopping without getting anything in return. Start getting cash back on every single purchase you make with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns 145 bucks per year and that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip buy the flight you've been eyeing that game you've been wanting to go to or that fancy dinner you've been craving join over 50 million savers and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers including Lowe's Macy's Sephora Best Buy and more listen to me family Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code SOCIALPROOF when you register. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code SOCIALPROOF. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or Apple Store and use code SOCIALPROOF. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Let's lean into that because, again, one of the dopest things that all parents want to do, and I don't want to just assume moms, all parents want to be able to brag about their kids progressing and doing well in life. So that's the benefit of being able to have a visual of here is what, quote unquote, average, regular or standard looks like. And then here are the different type of um, results that we're getting at the midway and at the end. And then in between there, we just having fun and we're showing that we've got non-traditional methods to Coach Kelly's point, but we're creating non-traditional results which are actually good things okay but show your show your kids don't forget to get y'all your contract stuff in place and make sure that you can have waivers and all that good stuff so people don't ding you down the line later for for marketing their child but at the core of it 
you're doing something phenomenal. We all want to give our, our kids the greatest opportunity to succeed in life. And that starts earlier than most of us think it does. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you all. Now you need to have like TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, all these other places. This should be, this should be, uh, are you able to do your stuff virtual or do they need to be in person? Um, it was in person since I've moved to North Carolina. I'm trying to switch it to virtual. Yep. I've already started recording some online preschool okay. um, content video with my issue. Dave got me into the video. So I am on um, actively on YouTube. I took away my Instagram okay. because that's not where my audience was. It's really YouTube and Facebook. Okay. Um, so that's just using those two platforms for right now until it grows and I grow more. But yes, I'm predominantly on YouTube. So show your kids doing all the cool stuff that they're doing. Like we watch kids watching kids play with slime all day. Show them doing the math games. <laughs> show them doing the reading, the recall, the memory games, the things that you're doing and just allow parents to sort of tap into that ecosystem. Um, there, not that we got to talk about money, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be a multimillionaire in a couple of years. Absolutely. No reason. Because okay. <laughs> here's the thing. The tradition is broken. Our kids can't read and I'm not being malicious. If you look at the average literacy rates, especially within our communities, by the time we get to where they start measuring third grade or whatever, we are severely underperforming. So you are going counter to that. Parents are going to be running to pay you their money because they want to give their kids an opportunity to start off strong, whether that be, you know, Head Start or Pre-K or whatever the, uh, uh, their, their paths might look like in their region. And especially if you can teach this virtually and digitally, things that you can do to enhance um sort of in the evenings or over the summertime, that could be a, a huge opportunity for you is over the summer so that you can show how that they're not only retaining information, but they're progressing and advancing over the summer where most kids are, are, are regressing, I think is the word I'm looking for. Now that's when they go play. Okay. But we playing. That's the cool part. You said re not recess. All right, cool. That was good. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> I ain't doing this. Can I add day. something on the back end of that? Yes, you are doing this with me. What's up? What's up? I just want to tell her: don't just make the videos of the pro of of you teaching the children what you're teaching them, but document the entire process. I don't know if you've been on for this whole episode. If not, please go back and watch where we talked about the authenticity of your brand and to what level you are going to share with people. So I would want you to go on YouTube and say, listen, you know, address the pink elephant in the room and say, and say, listen, I have, I've been teaching my kids non-traditionally. This is where they were. This is where they are now. And I don't want you to think that it's just because they're my children. So I'm going to invite you guys into our lives and the lives of the people uh, that we're going to change the children. And I'm going to document this whole process so you guys can see. Because I'm telling you, with what you've said and having three kids of my own, this is really about to blow up. So when you go to the news station or you're on Oprah, because that can really happen, Absolutely. and it, it blows up, they need this footage to be able to go back and show how you started. So the things that you think are, are reasons why people wouldn't buy from you, talk about those things. And, and, and the psychology of that will have them buy from you. And start a beta group. Good. Start a beta Can I give one more tip? Yes, sir. So here's the other thing, right? So what we're talking about, this is just standard business structure stuff we need to put in place immediately. Now let's talk about what an advanced solution might look like for you because you're saying, hey, I'm trying to go after this and I don't think parents are going to be receptive to it. I need you to segment the marketplace. 
I need you to say what cities and what states are kids already doing these types of things. And now I can run a paid ad in places where I have a higher chance of resonating with those parents. And the message that I want to put in front of parents that are already doing it is here's how we can advance your early learner quicker, how they can get to a particular level of achievement or attainment faster than the rate they were about to go in the areas where they are not doing it. I want you to say, here's what's happening in these areas and why little kids can read at three, as opposed to your little kid being able to read at six. Don't feel intimidated. Take these first steps so that we can get some early wins to get them to buy in. So it's the same actual product, but the message is going to resonate different depending on how a person or how a parent perceives that as a problem. Does that make sense? That's good. She's good. All right, cool. Girl, you better. Hey, I'm sending an invoice back today. And I want in on that one. Hey, listen, you don't even got to send no invoice. Uh, just do a super chat. It's the same thing. Super chat. Show the love for the kids. <laughs> I'm going to love for the kids. Yeah. Yo, um, we've got a special guest in the building. Terrica just walked in. How you feeling? There you go. Here's the mic. The best to What's do. What's the word, man? Nothing much. I'm excited to be here in ATL. As you should be. So, y'all know Terrica? So, what's really cool to... Have y'all ever seen her before? I've never seen her. Okay. She looked familiar. Oh. So, she... Two years ago, she wasn't really on the internet like that at all. So just like killing in the real estate space. Nope. And then I did a flip with her. Oh, that's why I know her face. Okay, when, keep going. Well, she did a flip with me. No, I did a flip with her. And I was really scared to do it because I just came off losing some money. But it worked out really, really well. And literally in the last two years, she's been like just killing it in the real estate coaching space. Nope. Um, but I think as we're talking about like brand, her brand is extremely unassuming you wouldn't think she has like a thousand units of real estate over a quarter million dollars of like passive residual real estate income. Super dope. Big dog. You feel me? But I think what's so cool about her brand, and I want to hear your perspective too on your own brand is that she's, she's really doing a lot more than a lot of people in the space, but it, she doesn't, she doesn't like doll it up. You know what I mean? Like she is in the dirt um, but really killing it. So I want to hear your perspective on your brand. Yeah, so I think for me, like, I just always wanted to be comfortable no matter where I go. So, like, I remember whenever I first got, like, on the Internet and I was listening to everyone that was like, you know, oh, we got to do your eyelashes, we got to do your makeup, we got to, you know, we got to put you in <laughs> lipstick and high heels. And, you know, I don't even know how to walk in high heels like that, <laughs> you know. So um, I remember my very first event, it was, I was so uncomfortable. Like, you know, um, I couldn't be myself. Like, I was more focused on not falling, not losing an eyelash, making sure my edges are laid. Like I was focused on all of the materialistic things and not really the services of what I was supposed to be giving to the people. Dope. And so I said, I just have to be true to me. If they can't accept Terrica Lynn Smith in a hoodie and a pair of tennis shoes and some jeans, then that's not the people I need to be talking to. I create wealth. I don't wear it. So for me, I'm not here to Mm. perform and, 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 you know, dance for people for carrots. I'm going to, I'm going to be who I am. And if they can rock with somebody that's true, that's authentic, they got real receipts and go to the bank, then let's rock. That's and I roar. think people appreciate that authenticity because they see, I'm not trying to be, you know, and no shot to the luxury people that's out there because they really do do that. But for me, I was not that I'm kind of like your homegirl that I'll watch a football game with you and sell you some real estate. Dope. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's cool too. Like she got a and it's high ticket. Like she 
Like you don't even got no no nothing low ticket. Like she got a thirty five thousand dollar program with hundreds of people that are saying, I'm buying into that because I I I resonate there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So from from your perspective, um on and I think she has a very unique brand, right? Where you have high ticket, but it's very, very unassuming and it's working. Would you like to break down why that's working? Yeah. So, I, you know, again, it goes back to being true to who you are. I think mm-hmm. people can smell BS. Right. <laughs> and so funny. if if you stink, they're not going to want to be around you. And I think with me, when I come, I don't use big words. I stay in my vocabulary. Me like, too. yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, he trying to set you up. Yeah. Nah, like my <laughs> dude, he be using yeah. some words over there. Let me just say this. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm not trying to learn a dictionary. I'm very wealthy and successful, right? But for those who want to do that, that's for them. I'm just not that person. So yeah. I'm not about to go, you know, um, if I use a word and I have no clue what it means and then they get ready to cancel me on social media because I'm trying to be someone I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not being true to myself. So yeah, I just yeah. have to stay within my vocabulary. And I think when people come to me, I started from being homeless. I was a foster care child. You know, I, I'm, I'm the underdog. So everybody love a good underdog story. They like to see people that's been through the mud and that they can relate with. And I think because they see that I'm so real and I'm at this level and I'm still attainable, like you still can get to me. Like I'm not like I don't give I'm better than you or I'm just you know, what I'm saying I'm not like I'm not that person. I meet you exactly where you are. I understand where you are and I can help you get to a very successful level. They they appreciate that. And I think that's why in my program, when people come, they see Tara Colin Smith. They don't see this real estate mogul, whatever the accolades people want to tell me. They don't know I went to the White House. They don't know all of these things. They just see me. Mm-hmm. And I think because they see me, that makes them want to, you know, rock with me and be a part of me. So, yeah. you know, that's how we built it. That's what's up. Badi, talk to me, man. <laughs> uh, honest, and I'm glad she has popped. She literally just hit me like, yeah, well, she didn't even hit me. Kay said, open the door. <laughs> she was just here. <laughs> um, but for, I'm glad she popped in because this is a good example of not overdoing it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you think that you think people want a certain thing to support you. So, so talk to me about that type of brand. About basically what she just described. Right. Yeah, I think it's it's the largest representation of people, mm-hmm. right? Because for so long, especially, and I don't want to just, um, I don't want to keep it here, but like especially within the the black community, we've been told you ain't tall enough, you ain't light enough, your hair ain't long enough. Right. So somebody I just want to look like me, be like me, talk yeah. like me and find somebody that knows how to help me navigate these spaces. Right. I'm very aware of how I look and I'm very aware of how I show up. One time I spoke at one of your events. I got there late, but I was early for my session. So a person thought I was late for the whole thing. And then I became the teacher and they was like, oh, shit. Right? <laughs> um, so part of my 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 piece, even though I do um, use some of them words, I'm doing my best. I just want people to see you can build these businesses by being yourself. And I love that. I think what makes hers even more powerful. We were talking with the last young lady. When I say subjective versus objective is can we put some level of proof behind it? She can say with a certain level of clarity, if you have this amount of money and you follow these steps, you're likely to get these types of results. It makes it very objective. And she probably has enough success. I don't even know you, but if I were to say, hey, I got 50,000 liquid and I got a 790 credit score, you can say, hey, you got a couple options. What's your risk tolerance? How fast you want to see your return? How hands-on you want to be? And you can start to migrate people down a path. 
this stuff makes it very clear because now I'm not buying a $35 um, high ticket thing. I'm buying into a system of stuff that works. And especially for those of us who've done a couple of things, I ain't got time to waste on money learning shit brand new when somebody already knows it. That $35,000 is drop in the bucket when I'm seeing the type of returns that you would get from having, um, you know, just one particular flip, let alone the entire portfolio. But if anybody's listening and you're thinking that the only way out is to go look like somebody else and be somebody else, you're just dealing with an outdated market. Mm -hmm. So if we look at um, social media disrupted the entire world and it's still relatively new, Facebook came out in 04. Prior to that, the only people of influence were celebrities and people that we deemed influential because they were on TV. And so that's why you got a handler and a PR person because you're only going to show up every so often. They had to spend millions of dollars to distribute your content. And we want to make sure that you can reach the widest level of folks on TV. And that was safe and that was vanilla. Social media showed up and now you can be in somebody's living room and somebody's cell phone and somebody's house and you can resonate with them wherever they are by being exactly who you are. So I commend it and don't change. Absolutely. Now that you need that from me, let me hold a couple of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I think we have another caller. Uh, who we got? All right, I got to project. Okay. <laughs> Kayla, Kayla, what's up? Kayla, art thou there? (laughs) No, art. Hello? Wilt. Oh, we're going to sound intelligent around here. (laughs) Whereas, that's the legalese for you. I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yes, yep. Okay, hi, how are you? Great. Um, So, I have a online dessert shop um, that I started um, last year, it's called Uniquely Made Treats, and um, it's been a local dessert shop that I did lo- local delivery for, and it was home based. And so, I just had some questions on like building a community around the brand, and also if you had any advice on, I guess, getting a storefront because I feel like that would be better instead of just being uh, a home based business, but, like better to scale and grow. Good. Roger. I want to make sure I have clarity surrounding the question. So the question is is relating to building a community around it. And I couldn't make out the last part about home base or something. What was that? And should she have a a storefront? Yes, I'm a home based um, business. And so I've been operating just by doing farmers markets. Um, At some point, I was doing wholesaling to a restaurant that that had ended um, a few months ago. And then also doing local delivery and nationwide shipping on my website. Fantastic. Well, number one, congratulations. Uh, first thing I would say, I'm not going to go too heavy into community because I think one leads to the other. Mo- one of the biggest mistakes I, I'm seeing in the space, I'll say again and give context. My context is from working with companies. I study corporations and try to disseminate that information to small businesses. Corporations have full projections of a one-year launch. Businesses don't have ongoing campaigns. They post their products, they post their services, but it's not a part of an overall campaign strategy. Even the U.S. economy is a business. Why? You need 70% consumption for us to not go into a recession. So that means every 30 to 60 days, there's a holiday that stimulates spending money. So, oh, 
every sure. every thirty. That's intentional. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, it's good. a lunch. Oh camp. wow, that's crazy. Camp. I never even thought about that. Economy stabilizers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's crazy. So why do so why do people feel this tension but surrounding spending money in December? That's a part of a campaign. January campaign. Valentine's Day campaign, March ish going into April, Easter, which is oh, them not taxes a real thing. hit March though. <laughs> them taxes yeah, hit March. St. Patrick's Day is that March? Yeah, it's not as big, but it's still yeah. it contributes yeah, to the overall I, GDP. Yo, really? I when I was working in the mall, the tax refunds was literally bigger than Christmas for sure for me. Like it's like because people got that extra bread. Yeah. That's wild. I never thought about it. Like it's that. a business. So there's an ongoing campaign every America. month to two months that stimulates revenue, which is which is like my main point. If I were you, I would be thinking overall the way that you build community is thinking through campaigns. So if you're saying things like right now, you should already be thinking about what's the campaign surrounding specific suites you're creating. If you're thinking McDonald's, McDonald's during the summer does Monopoly. Right after that, they move into October's when, September, October's when it ends, and then they go into themed coffee surrounding pumpkin sauce. Those are campaigns, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So most business owners don't have monthly campaigns that generates consistent flows of revenue and new customers. Uh, my suggestion to you would be the way that you're going to build community is building out campaigns related to what you see as a trend on your back end. So if you're saying, these are the type of people that have been buying from me, man, what campaign can I re- create surrounding that? We know that. Black History Month is coming up. Are we creating some type of inspired things related to that community where we can say 10% off if you're a part of an HBCU? Now I type into the larger market of people, HBCUs. I can theme it surrounding people who are making an impact. Hey, suggest someone and we'll make cupcakes inspired by them in X, Y, and Z. These are overall campaigns that now people are sending you their customers because you're creating a campaign surrounding their market their community, and that builds a community for you. So my my suggestion would be think along those lines. Sit. We do this as a company. We call them money hold calls. Every At the end of each month, myself, my COO, my CFO, we look at what are all the revenue streams we're not currently maximizing. We look and we figure out, okay, what went wrong, what went right, what can we do differently, and we're projecting forward. I can tell you from now to next year, Black Friday, everything I'm doing every month. Right. That's a that's an overarching campaign. So to make it clearer for you, sit with that and say, of all the people that have purchased with me, what's those trends? Where did they live? What they like? How often are they buying? Can we increase the frequency that they buy? Buy one, buy one and get this free. Buy one and return and buy another one within seven days. Now you're, you're shortening that window. These are just campaigns to increase how often they buy or how much they buy or buying to other audiences. So that's what I would say. That's good. That's good. And I'll, I'll speak on the storefront um, portion of it, right? Um, that goes back into how... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. How much can you actually afford, you know, per the item that you're selling. So like if you're selling cookies, right, and you're about to go into a storefront, you take that square footage and you divide it into what your, let's just say your monthly sales are. You're going to get that number and then you're going to say, okay, well, I need to put out this amount of cookies this month to be able to keep the doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people want to go to storefront and necessi- and that might not necessarily be where you need to be. You may do a whole lot more sales you know, um, shipping direct to customer. And so you may want to look at the different options that you have out there, because if you got to bake 10,000 cookies and sell 10,000 cookies to keep that storefront open, you probably going to reassess that idea and say, yo, I don't want to be baking 10,000 cookies right now. And, or I'm not there because I'm still trying to build my community. And while you're building your community, like what Marcus was saying, you know, creating that overall campaign, now you can tie into, okay, well, if, like you said, you're in, um, she said farmer's market. So if you're in farmer's market, then, okay, target that and then start building off of there. I, I think a lot of people run to brick and mortar too fast. They don't check out, you know, the location, the density. They don't check out anything. They just say, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to have a store. And then before you know it, that store is closed because they didn't do no market research. You need to know what the traffic count is, how many people is going to see your business. If it's not enough traffic passing there, your type of traffic, then you're just going to have a storefront that you're going to be paying for. And you're literally going to have to find a way to get people to come into there. Why can't I find toast? Let me tell you something. They are all over social media right now. And they got to the point that they have grown where their, their locations are all over. And I want the lobster and sweet potato waffle. I just know how to find it. You see what I'm saying? So you have to, you have to create something that rallies a community around you especially if you want a storefront. And I think that's why Toast is so successful is because they have rallied that community and it's such a high demand. Everybody is trying to get in there. Yeah. So let me me add something because I think holistically those are amazing B2C business to consumer strategies. That's where you're going to get the majority of your profit margin. But you mentioned that you had a relationship on a wholesale with, I'm, I'm guessing, a restaurant. I would encourage you to keep walking down those paths as well because that's where you're going to get the volume and that's where you're going to get the research. If you sell in a hundred cookies or if you sell in 12 red velvet cakes every Sunday to 10 different restaurants, it's going to be very clear on what's working and what's not working, what people are willing to pay for it and what it can sell for in the market. So allow the research to come in from restaurateurs and other people. Then think really creative, creatively around B2B. You should have a relationship with every realtor in your city. Every closing, they should be giving away one of your boxes of cookies and things to that degree, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to get this data back to you and act on it. So to Terika's point, by the time you open up this store, should you decide to keep going that route, everything in here already works. Every product in here already sells. And now we can do what Marcus said, and I can launch a campaign where any kid that has more than two A's or three A's, you get a free cookie. Well, what happens? The kid come in and want a cookie. Mama want a cookie too. Kid come in and want a cookie. Brother got all B's. He got to buy his cookie. So now you got natural <laughs> ways to bring people into a store and they're familiar with the product because they've been eating it at restaurants all around the town. 
simplify the ingredients or the re- or the products that you supply the restaurant with so you can get economies of scale that allows you to get your price point down as low as possible. And now they have to go to your website or to your store to get your customized items. But if you allow everybody to every order every random thing, mm-hmm. you're going to have a hard time building some level of operational efficiency around it because the recipe will keep changing every day. That's a lot we threw at you. I need you to rewatch this one because all three of these things can work over time. Man, that's good. Oh, ain't it? Yes, I do have um, one quick question. I'm sorry. I was just going to say I'd like to add something onto the back end of that. There is a step in between doing it from your home and going into a retail space. Have you looked at going into a kitchen with a shared space where you can buy a couple of a uh, couple of hours a week or a couple of days a week where you can build the demand for that? Like with Madi, what Madi is saying is 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 fulfilling. Go down the lines of those restaurants because those are going to be your repeat orders. So if you can make a correlation between when that order is due at that company every week and you can rent your days at the at the shared kitchen on those days, build that until you get to the point where it's like, I need space every day. Then you open your store. Mm-hmm. I love it. Y'all, I actually went to the, so it's a, it's a spot called So Icy ATL. And it's this, it's a, it's a building. Like you walk into like this little lobby space and they have an iPad and on the iPad, it has a bunch of different restaurants, which was crazy. Is like, I went to go see So Icy, right? Yep. And uh, they got some phenomenal cheesesteaks. They're going to have to sponsor this. <laughs> at some point but i go on the page you went there right yeah. fire so i go on a little ipad because i had to find them on the ipad but everything else looked good too and right. if i was really in my we were like on our way somewhere but i was literally going to order from like three different right. spots so mm. i think that model works so i guess it's one building and it's probably a bunch of kitchens back there with a bunch of stores that's represented by this iPad. And I'm sure some people get orders based on someone ordering from somebody else too. Mm-hmm. That joint was fire. So I don't know if, if they have that in your city, but it's called Ghost Kitchen. Yep. Yeah. Ghost Kitchen. That joint was crazy. The pictures on the other stuff. <laughs> I almost felt bad because I was like, dang, I don't want what I just ordered. No. But that was good though. That was really, really good. But anyway, okay, good. We got another caller? Okay, no worries. All right, so what I was getting into was pricing. How do we know what to charge? And I know this is, if this is a good question, if this is a question that you all wanted to know, throw some fires in the chat somehow, okay? Y'all better put, don't make me look Drop crazy. Drop a super chat. But I know this is a kids. question that a lot of people have. How do I know what to charge based on my brand? Let's start with you, Coach. It, it really, it really depends. I'd say, like I said, I've worked in the high ticket space for a very long time. Now I see all the low hanging fruit in the, in the market where people are like, I am not to the point where I can charge high ticket. I'm brand new. Mm-hmm. So there is a big struggle in that lower community. I don't want to say lower, the beginner community of, but what can I charge? Yeah. I tell them don't charge less than a thousand dollars. And they almost fall off their chair. Don't charge less than a thousand. Don't charge because of this. Okay. With my years in the coaching game, 12 years doing this, I've coached literally over 12,000 clients. Oh. If you're mm. charging too little. Real quick, hold on. 
Twelve thousand clients. Twelve thousand clients. At how much? How many? On, on the average, on the average price point of <laughs> on that. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. My very first coaching program was ten dollars a month. I respect it. So, yeah. but they still paid me. Absolutely, they, absolutely. The I like that. way we keep our okay, numbers right. tight. We was pocket watching. We was. Like, 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 y'all always tell us. No, I know who buys. I know who buys these cheesesteaks. I'm leaving here with something. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about over over twelve years. But what I've learned is the people that pay. Pay attention. So if you're charging somebody, you know, uh, $19 for a coaching program, it's a less serious client than somebody who's paying $1,000 for a coaching program. So okay. I say not less than $997. Now that said, the only way that I, that I let my clients, and I use the word let with air quotes, Go less than that is if they can't energetically step in the space yet to ask for a thousand dollars. Because that's a whole energy too. If you turn into a mouse when it's time for you to do the pitch, then you shouldn't be charging that. So uh, ideally, you want to get them to a thousand. But if they don't have, if they don't have the belief that they deserve a thousand, then they should go to the price that they're comfortable, at yes. least co- sort of comfortable. Asking. Yes. And I've done that it makes sense. tons that makes sense. of times with people that when they can't charge a thousand yet energetically and I have them go lower, it's probably two or three clients that they go through and they're like, okay, I got it. Cause they understand mm-hmm. what coaching is now, yeah. but they grow up to that. I love that. I love that. Rosier. Hey, somebody going to use this board. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought about it a few times. Created. <laughs> We got a whole camera set up. We patched the board into the other board so we can see it. And we got to set somebody going to use My only fear of using the board is I would talk too long. So I try to get in and get out. (laughs) Hey, listen, if y'all want somebody to use the board, (laughs) go board in the chat. I'm going to be up here drawing. You're like, did he just turn this into a master class? Because it's hard to turn that thing off once you start drawing. But. Uh, so, so it's two rules of thumb. One, as it relates to pricing, is there must be internal integrity and alignment. We have to bring integrity back to the space of pricing, charging, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Most people can market, and if you look at most people's business infrastructure, it's to bring in clients, not to fulfill on the clients they bought in. Mm-hmm. So they don't have no employee that's in charge of making sure that people get what you promised them. Mm-hmm. So pricing has to include my ability to pay the people that get to you what you pay for. Like that. That's so. We think in the coaching nice. space is still not cost of goods. Yep. Right. It's not that, but there is a cost as it relates to. I'm not checking customer service where you typed in dot com versus dot com. So who's the person that's in charge of checking those emails and making sure you get access to what you pay for? Mm-hmm. Right. So from an internal integrity standpoint, I would say take the take the amount that you paid before. Right. If you take the amount you paid before. You're closely related to that. It's extremely the amount hard. you paid before. What do you mean? I paid you a, if the highest I paid is a thousand. It's very hard to in confidence stand and charge five thousand because I've internally said that mm. five thousand is too much. So it can't be too much when for you to pay, but not too much for people to pay you. Come mm-hmm. on, man. You're out of integrity. Talk, talk about you're, you're it. You're completely out of integrity. Talk about it. Right. So the number is the number, regardless of who's receiving it. So five k to me or five k to you don't call my five k too much, and yours not enough. Mm. <laughs> right. yeah. So come on, you talking? Good. Take the amount that you will spicy. you paid before. You're probably somewhere in that vicinity. Secondly, take the amount you're willing to take where you don't feel cheated, and you will answer all questions and all That's things real. related to that amount. 
you don't want to charge me 300 because that's what your confidence could afford. And then say, I didn't pay you enough for that. I paid you what you asked me. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you want to be in alignment. Though that's normally that range, right? What have I paid? What can, am I willing to take without feeling cheated and where I feel like I can serve the person? And you're somewhere in between that mark now in terms of overall structure. Let's bring it to business. If we were drawing this out, I believe. There's a boy right there if you need man, to Man, I'll be too long. Just let me know. <laughs> I'll be too long. But I would just say if this was offer one, offer two, offer three, right? Offer one, offer two, offer three. Offer one, draw it, draw <laughs> it, draw <laughs> it, draw <laughs> it. Yo, killer. Well, I don't even see the, I don't even see the problem. It's on top. Right there. Right. Right. He does, I will. Get a, get a people, go. Get a people, Roger, 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 take, take, take this light. Take oh, this right here. Oh, y'all killer. Get a people right. with the ass. I don't think I got a fair shot at the question, because I thought it was the lowest to charge somebody. Was that not the question? No, I think the question was, how do you charge? Like, just what's your conversation on pricing? Tech support. Go to uh, see the little C in the middle. Go right. back. Go back. C in the middle. C in the C. C. It's like All a little right. C there right there. Go. Yep. Now yep. we good. Uh-oh. We, we might right be now. cooking. It's going to be super simple. Where I'm at. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, let me move this. All right, you can go to the hit the little. Yeah, that's all right. I just move it. No boy, experience. He draws stuff out. So I just did this. I'm going to just do this really simple so this makes sense. I refer to this as the trade me zone. I call sure. it trade me zone. You can bring your chairs in here. All right. Sit by me. Trade me zone makes sense. Everything out here is free. This is where your marketing happens. Mm-hmm. Free content, free podcast, free YouTube video. This is a way that people become aware of you. So all out here, it comes at a cost to you to market to people. Mm-hmm. So it's free to the customer, but it's at a cost to you. If you're in studio creating YouTube videos, it, it, it costs lights, it costs buildings, it costs cameras. So it's, it costs you. What, where you make up your money is if a person starts asking questions, well, how do I take what you told me and optimize it? They're inside the trade me zone. They didn't have to trade you. Remember, you've already exchanged time, energy, effort, and education. They got to trade you their money for how to implement this. That's why it's the trade me zone. Most important thing to you was your time. Most important thing to them was their money. If they want the answer to implement this, <laughs> there has to be a trade. I'm going to say it again. If you're, you're an entrepreneur, spicy. my intellect, my understanding, what it took me to learn this cost me something. Mm-hmm. What it took me to record it cost me something. What it took for the thumbnail cost me something. What it took for the description, the timestamps, what it took for the edit, what it takes for you to get the social media edit content with captions. All this came at a cost to me. Mm-hmm. Your questions seem simple to you, but all of your questions, if you want me to take my, my actual time, my energy, my intellect, to customize the answer that wasn't customized in YouTube content, you in the trade me zone. Mm. Trade me your money now. This is where a value letter starts. And this is a bad drawing. So let's go to this. Uh, let's go. Thicker. Uh, hey, listen, if y'all, if y'all got, right. <laughs> so if we do this, if we say all this is free, social media is free, YouTube is free to you, but not to me, right? All this stuff costs me something. Now you're inside this trade me zone where you're gonna trade me money in exchange for a custom answer for your business. Teach. We're now saying, what type of offers am I gonna create in here? So I'm saying, okay, I'm going to always, here's my rule of thumb, I'm not gonna sell you a Goodwill product. What is that? Something that I don't use anymore and I don't need. I'm assuming if you're in the trade me zone, I gave you so much free content, like Shan's got 300 episodes. 
Get yourself right. right? Come on. Oh, my bad. My don't bad. disrespect me. I'm not a mean. It's really like 420. My you bad. know what I mean? Bad. So. So imagine that, right? I just don't like disrespecting my own house. My you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> 420 episodes. My assumption is you want the best and you want the full solution. So I'm going to charge premium at the first interaction. Mm. I'm not going to start off. Oh, for it. Yeah. Mm. What, here's what I'm saying. If, if this is done well, you came to me with a specific question based on what you already consumed from me. Mm. Why sell you on an inferior product hoping that I can upsell you on the one later? I'm going to offer you and make you make the decision to downsell yourself. I'm not going to assume that you that you want to give me. Let me word it in. And let me give an example. I'm not going to make the assumption that if your ankle is swollen, you want a pain pill instead of surgery. I'll suggest surgery and let you ask, do you have a pain pill? Ask me, do mm. I have this? Ask me, do oh, I have this? So you start with, so free, 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 you start with premium. Yeah. And if they don't pay the premium, then you're... You have some other offerings. I do. Which, okay, I got you. And when I say premium, I'm only thinking premium as it relates to a comprehensive solution. I'm not thinking premium as it relates to price. God. Oh, my, the best offering that you have. My assumption yeah. is you want the absolute best that, it, that completely solves this full problem. Mm. So if you say, Marcus, how do I price it? Well, if I, I'm going to offer you our full system that creates your program for you, prices it for you, builds your funnel, writes your copy, helps you launch and you don't pay us again until you make what you paid us. That's what I'm offering you. Well, I don't want to invest in that. Okay, when you reached out, you asked about X. I'm going to just repeat your question back to you. You downsold yourself. Well, do you have anything similar to that where you don't do it all done for you? Yeah, we got a hybrid right here. There's some done for you, some done, done with you. Mm -hmm. You downsold yourself. So this might look like, I'm going to just go simple numbers. If we went anywhere from, we're going to go 10K to 25K right here. Some would say, that's too much. Cool. You put whatever number you want right there. <laughs> that's, your, that's your price. You charge, charge your work. Man. All right. So we did that there. If we said right here was anywhere from $1,000 to 5000 mm -hmm. And if we say up here was anywhere from 1000 or less, right? Mm -hmm. So we say, this is five figures. This is less than five figures, so less than five, and this is $99 and on down, right? That's a full value letter, and that's a full business. I think pricing deals with how we're bringing people into our business and what are the levels in which we can serve them where we don't go bankrupt or inefficient. At $99, you can't support this because the marketing that it costs you to get a customer, it doesn't matter if, you paid, if they paid you 10 a thousand or ninety-nine, your cost to put out the content still remains the same. Teach. That's a fact. So you're losing money to get and putting in the same effort to make ninety-nine dollars. Free smoke, like, free okay, smoke. Real quick and I'm done. I'm old enough to remember the Jackson Five movie, The American Story. Come on, <laughs> and man. Michael ran and he was late for rehearsal. And Joseph said, okay, when he, Michael said, I'm getting candy from our candy store, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> he said, How much the candy cost? A nickel? How much you sell it for? A nickel? <laughs> he slapped him in the head and said, Stick to dancing. <laughs> because it seems like we're making money here, but we're not. Because the time, energy, effort, efficiency, and the customer support can't support this. So this is what I refer to as a pricing structure. Take the lowest amount, the highest amount, and build those things where it's just bigger, better, best, or whether it's venti, tall, small, something in that nature. And right up here, I'm done. I call it to go, the go, so, go find somebody else to do it. 
<laughs> if, if I gave you free, like just think about it. If I if I paid money and a team to do free here, free here, and I give I gave you a comprehensive offer at all price points from high all the way to a hundred dollars, and you still don't want to pay a hundred, go find somebody else to do it. All right. That's how pricing should be structured in a way that brings people in, serves them, and has multiple prices, but you're extracting what it costs you to deliver that. I love it. I love it. Thank you for jumping on that board, my brother. Because uh, it ain't cost me nothing to set that up. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you. <laughs> no, that was good. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going we're gonna to wrap up soon, man. We got another caller. here for a minute. I've seen it. Hey, man. Free it doesn't feel like it, though. Free smoke. Like what up? It's time to stop running your business like a hustler, like just somebody that's trying to go get some money and run your business like an actual business owner. You know how that happens? Your business hires you. Even though you started the business, the business hires you and you put yourself on payroll. And that business has payroll for other people. Now, those other people might be your spouse. It could be your kids. I pay my daughter $12,000 a year because that $12,000 that I pay my child isn't taxed. So that money is either going to go to your child or it's going to go to the government. You decide. I'd rather keep it in my house. My wife is on payroll. You need to run your business like a business owner. Most of you are taking money from your business and you take that money and you pay your house loan, you pay your rent, you pay your car. For one, that kind of stuff will land you in jail. But two, you want to grow and lay a strong foundation for your business to grow on, okay? So go to adp.com forward slash social proof. When I signed up for ADP to get this process going, I had to pay $250 for administration, setup fee, all these costs. I talked to my ADP sales rep and they said they will waive it for you if you go to adp.com forward slash social proof, meaning you can start this process for free. Absolutely free. No catches, no hooks. Go to adp.com forward slash social proof. Now is the time to run your business like an actual business owner. I am on ADP. I do the same thing and it helps my books by tax time. I'm not behind. I'm not trying to get everything because in the process of them making the payroll, they take out the taxes, they structure everything. And at the end of the year, voila, you give that information to your CPA. Okay. Go to adp.com forward slash social proof. One more time, adp.com forward slash social proof. Set it up for free. Let's go. This caller is my boo. We have Kelly Marie on the phone. Kelly Marie, what's happening? Free smoke, free smoke. Kelly, what's up? Uh, hi, can y'all hear me? Yes. Yep. Awesome. So my question is, what's your advice for someone who wants to share their story, but they don't have like a rag to riches story? Like, do you think that there's an audience of people who, who grew up well off, but they're still in need of business coaching or in need of life coaching? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I'll start with it. Um, I don't have a rags to riches story. Terika got a rags to riches story, like under the bridge. I grew up with, I had, I had grass in my living room. You know what I mean? Like, I had, like not my living room, but my front yard. We had a backyard, had a dog. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't grow up in the hood. But my story, when I start sharing my story, because we all have a lifelong worth of stories. So my, I have 38 years of stories. The question is, which part of the story am I going to tell? 
you know where my story starts? My story starts at me working at the Cheesecake Factory. I'm in a place that I don't want to be at. I'm teaching people entrepreneurship. So I went from working at the Cheesecake Factory to being a full-time entrepreneur to struggling as a full-time entrepreneur to now like some other cool things happening, right? But my story doesn't start with what happened when I was a child. My story starts with my disgust while I'm working at the Cheesecake Factory. Then I'm getting to this point where like, oh, I just, coming into a restaurant and serving people every single day, day in and day out, they could talk to you anyway. They say, hey, hey, uh, you, um, the guy, can you go grab me some more bread? And I'm like, yes. What am I going to say? Am I going to say, don't snap at me? That affects my tip. So no, I do a little skip and I go get your bread. <laughs> and I ask you how much you, how much bread you want? Like, sourdough or the come sweet, on, you want the sourdough sweet, or, or the brown bread? <laughs> don't nobody know what it's called. It's just brown bread. Right. So, I mean, I'm a, a little kid spill something. And I got to hurry up and like clean up the little kid's spill. Right. So I'm painting this picture of where I don't want to be. This is my rags story because a lot of people can identify with that and that's where my story starts so i chose because i'm teaching entrepreneurship what is the lowest point that i'm at um before i become an entrepreneur and how did i go up to the front so that's the that's the story and if you listen to me long enough there are stories from my past that i'll pull up and i'll kind of reference to but the moral of the story is your story is your story and I actually, and I can relate to you because I thought I was too average. I really did. Because you think of all the super successful people, you listen to E.T., he ate out of trash cans or somebody's homeless or somebody was in prison. And I was like, dang, I ain't got no story. What am I going to talk about? It's like I was considering being a motivational speaker. And I, I just didn't have that. But I realized that people have my story. They have my low. Whatever your low is, people can relate to that. So... Don't try to have a struggling story. I heard one of the silliest things. This guy said he came for money, like just like just silver spoon, literally his whole life. And he said, yo, I think what I need to do um, is I need to like just get rid of all my stuff and just be homeless and live in my car so I, I can have a real struggle story. I said, bro, are you, this ain't nothing to play with. There's real people out here. You can't go homeless by choice and then say, oh, I struggle. Yeah. <laughs> but you want that story so bad because you don't think your story is good enough. There's somebody who grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth and they've always lived in their parents' shadow, but they never had a chance to be their own man. Because everybody's looking at, oh, that's what's the name, son? Mm. Like Donald Trump might have had that story. Like, yo, yeah. his dad had bread. And then he's coming up, and this is the struggle, yo. I, listen, I don't want, I don't want that. He did take the million dollars, I think. Yeah, I think his dad invested about a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. But you get what I'm saying. So your story is enough. So can I tell you mm. something? Please. She's my daughter. Really? Right. She Kelly Marie is my daughter. So she has that story. She didn't grow up in struggle. So with what you just said with Donald Trump and his son not wanting to go off the family name. Yeah. That used to be a thing for us. Mm. You know, she, both of her parents are full-time entrepreneurs at a very high level. 
Yeah. And now she's in her early thirties and she's like, I want to be my own self. Yeah. So that's a whole situation that not a lot of people in our generation mm-hmm. see, but in the next generation, that's going to be a thing mm-hmm. because there's so many entrepreneurs that are having children. And it's like, what, what does that look like for them? Do they want to ride off of their kids' names um, or not? She didn't. She wanted to make her own way, and she did. She's been a full-time entrepreneur, not using my name, yeah. you know, the Coach Kelly J brand, as her thing. It's just recently where she's been, she's come back to, all right, now I've built my, I've built my own brand, and we've, you know, and that works that way. The other thing that I think is interesting to add into that is I did a, I did a, um, a YouTube the other day. No, it wasn't even a YouTube. It was a Facebook Live, I mean, an Instagram Live on raising rich kids. Mm. that's a whole mm. what does that look like we we on one hand we don't want them to struggle the way some of us did because i didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth but i don't have a struggle story either yeah. i grew up average regular i struggled for a long time with well how somebody gonna resonate with my story i don't i don't have a struggle story but it was we 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 grind so to speak so that our children don't have to go through what we went through but then we want them to have some work ethic. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So raising rich kids when they don't have to do certain things. Maybe Terica, you can I got <laughs> you can oh, speak yeah, on that because yeah, our boys good, where's, where's yeah, our boys at? are fourteen and are fourteen and sixteen. And when I tell you they don't know how to do nothing, <laughs> we've had a full time nanny all their life, literally. <laughs> She she cleans the house. She washes the clothes. She she does everything. They don't do those things. Mm-hmm. Are we full time entrepreneurs so they don't have to? What does yeah. that look like? Mm. What was that? Was that Shannon Sharp? We even want to bother the, it. Who's the? No, nah, it was uh, somebody. Who somebody's <laughs> son that played football? No, nah, somebody's son that played football. He was like, "Yo, my son is talking about some gangster rap, boy. You've been in a oh, yeah. gated community all yeah, like Shannon Sharp, Michael Irvin's Michael son. Irvin. He was like, "Yo, my son is talking about some struggle and out in the streets." And he like, "Boy, you ain't never." Yes, I ain't gonna do my child like that. But or my <laughs> son last week. Career. Case in point, my son last week he texts me and he's like, "Can you buy me these shirts?" It said Hood Rich. <laughs> <laughs> And my husband was so mad. He's like, you ain't hood rich. You rich rich. (laughs) But, Terrica, I'd love for you to to speak on that with with teenage boys. These are your boys, right? My nephew and my son, yes. But you see what I'm I'm saying. We do it so they don't have to, but then what is... Yep. So um, let me just start here. You know, for those who do have, like, a a trauma story, right? Um, My first advice would be get through the trauma. You know, um, because you're not going to feel comfortable sharing your story on a major platform because you're still judging yourself and you're still inside of the story. That's so I literally had to get out of my story and realize I wasn't that victim anymore, that Mm -hmm. I actually became a victor in the story. Mm. And so that was the mindset for me. Also, I'm going to just start its plug in here. Me and David want to go to Mexico with Marcus so we can just clone him and see you craft it. I stuff. You know what I'm saying? But, um, Coach Kelly, let me tell you, that is one of the most, um, I think that is such a hot topic. Um, I have this conversation with my son quite often um, because his whole entire life, I used to say, I'm going to I'm gonna go hard so he don't ever have to know what struggle is. Mm-hmm. And I went hard. 
mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And now he has street um, signs named after him. Wow. And he don't know what a struggle is. But what I can't be dismissive of with him is that he may not have a financial struggle. He does have some type of mental struggle being my son because mm-hmm. he's in my, you know what I'm saying, my shadow, if you would. Yep. And it carries a lot of pressure for all of my children to really, you know, have Terrica Lynn Smith as their mother. And so I tell him, I said, I don't want my agenda to be your agenda. I don't know what hard work looked like for you. What it looked like for me growing up was going all in and sacrificing everything I possibly could. To this day, to be honest, my son is still finding what he wants to be passionate about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's going into rap and he's looking at podcasting. Um, he's looking at designing clothes, you know. Um, and I told him, I said, the beautiful thing about your life right now is what you need to appreciate and not feel condemned for is that I have created you a life where you have options. Mm. You have a life of options. You don't have to ask permission to sit at nobody's table. You already have a table. Mm -hmm. You don't have to ask permission for nobody's, you know, um, time to clock in or clock out. You already have a trust. So he chooses to want to work at his job right now. That is his choice. I love that. I think it creates more discipline Mm -hmm. for him and I allow him to find and maneuver his own way. Now, my daughter... Um, who just turned 19, She, it's almost like I spit her out on side of me. So everything I do, she mimics it. So she, I got my real estate license. Um, she got hers at 18. <laughs> like she just, you know, she's very competitive. And not only that, she's now selling real estate. She has a portfolio and she's still trying to find her way. But I even tell her, get out of my shadow, go find your own and, and go build your own because my children are privileged. Like you said, your son is privileged, right? Like my Mm, son is very, very, they're they're privileged. And so, um, I don't apologize for not feeding them on paper plates. I enjoy, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't apologize for that. They have always eaten on, you know, um, silver platters and silver spoons. And it's because I made that choice and that decision. Now I'm also combating entitlement Mm -hmm. with my children (laughs) because because I went so hard and because I didn't want them to struggle, there is this sense of entitlement that they have upon them that I'm now saying, all right, how can I break this? How can my husband break this with them? Like we're trying to figure that part out. And to be honest, I think it's going to be a course I sign up for to figure out how can we break this? I'm still raising rich kids. I got two more that's coming on up. You know what I'm saying? So if I can get that part right, I think, you know, um, like the next generation, you know, is going to yeah. have some answers for same, sure. Same, same. My 14 year old, um, last year they had the day where you dress like your parents for work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Let me get that Louis scarf up. So there was that when and he went to school duffel. regular and he had to explain to the teachers, both of my parents are full-time entrepreneurs. They dress how they want. So there was some flack there. And then yesterday, my 16 year old, He's been getting into trading, wanting to trade. He texted me from school yesterday and said he's paper trading. He said, I'm at $3,500 today. I'm making more than my teachers. How do you, what do you say to that? Mm. Congratulations. Yes. I mean, it's paper trading. He didn't actually make it, but it's taken his mind somewhere different than in our generation. That wasn't even a thing. It was not. Yeah. It was not. Can I ask some uh, a little wrinkle to this. Yeah, for sure. So, 
Um, I've posted this years after years that do well on social media, but I don't think people understand it. I used to work at a company that was privately owned because the owners were multi-billionaires. When I started, it was three siblings, each worth nine billion each. This is 2009. Now they're worth 37 billion each. We talk about <sighs> compound growth, right? Mm, so but this is the framework. So black folks, we knew the money. So we don't always know what to do with it when we get it. So when I sat down with them, I asked, how do you build generational wealth? Well, they say we do two things. We have the business part of our family and then the business part of the business. What does that mean? The business part of our family and yep. the business part of our business. I'm about to break it down. Okay. Right? It's all business, but we got family and then we got the operations. So, um, for example, on the business side of the family, we pair you up with the appropriate mentor inside of the family. Because that might, mm. which one your son, which one your nephew, right? My nephew and my son. So your nephew might resonate more with you than he do with his parents, and that's okay. You become the mentor of a nephew or a niece or vice versa, whatever way it needs to go. Because we're going to grow up and we're going to have different talents and different interests from our parents. So before we send them outside, let's bring them inside. So if you want to work on cars and Uncle John got a mechanic shop, then let's go study on Uncle John. That's the business of the family, mm -hmm. right? And the business of the business says... Let's build vertically. So who do you pay right now by virtue of the companies that you own? Who do you pay money out to? You mean employees? You got property manager? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that a separate company or do you own it? I own it. Okay. You, do you pay anything? General contractors, electricians? Mm -hmm. The whole thing. I have a whole construction company. Right. Oh. So now we're starting to do this vertical building, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of me paying money to outside people, let me build this company or next generation. Hey, auntie, what, um, who are we paying money out to? Oh, well, actually, the people that drive up in the trucks, the gasoline in their cars, well, oh, we we're not in petroleum. I bet. I'm going to go figure out how to refine petroleum so we can go ahead right. and tack it on to the family business. Current expenses right? and income. Let me look at all the stuff. Okay, well, who, who does our um, development of our employees? I'm going to build an HR company. So mm. And you don't have to do this. That's it doesn't have to good. be a life sentence. Mm -hmm. so what you're saying is by virtue of mom, mom, what you did, I see you. Mm -hmm. Auntie, what you did, I see you. I'm going to give you five years, seven years, ten years. Show me what a white space said, and we're going to tack this on to the family portfolio of businesses. And then if I want to do something that's not connected to it, if I want to go be a tattoo artist or if I want to go be a skydiver, I can go do that shit. We got enough money. Pardon me for cussing. We get your demon time. You're doing a My great bad. Job. I, be, I normally cuss all the time. I see you, If I'm talking to the young brothers, I would be saying, in, as you go through the process of finding your own way, always tap, tap back in the home base and say, is there something that we could be doing to strengthen what's already here because we got efficiency on our side. We got money on our side. We got scale, scale on our side because we already got this generational thing happening. Okay. And then as I get to, how, how old are you all? 19 and 20? Cool. So it, it seems like at that age, man, we seem old and disconnected. And mm -hmm. Man, listen, you say, I'm going to do 10 years in the family business. And in that mm -hmm. 30, whatever, I, I want to rebuild muscle cars. I want to go out and do whatever. You got so much life ahead of you from there and you can go into it with a windfall of cash. That's On the contrary, sometimes what we do because we're new to this money is we all go build independently and now we can't plug these businesses back into one another. You talking? And we're spice. pulling money from the cash cow on a project or we're pulling money from the cash cow on something that may be a little too far out there as opposed to you knowing here's where we currently bring in money, here's where we currently expend money and let's start bringing some of these things back into this portfolio 
and we go from there. That's so good. That's, That's strong. Fire. Like, I know we got one more. We got a caller. Then we're going to uh, wrap up. Hey, listen, there are, what, uh, 310 people watching this live right now. And we only have 170 people that liked it. Hit Drop that like button, okay? Do it is absolutely please. free. It doesn't cost you anything. Just hit the like button. We need that engagement so that it goes into the YouTube world. And come on, just help dope, us out. Dope, dope, dope. All right, uh, let's get this last call in. Then we, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Okay, so this is a question. They can have one. Okay. How important is trademarking? How important? Trademarking? Hold on, let me, let, me, let me say it so they can hear. How important is trademarking? Should you trademark your logo or brand? Yep. Before launching or putting it on social media. Before launching or putting it on social media. Okay. I got one answer. I didn't for like six months. Like the sleep is for suckers brand. I mean, I would, I I wanted to make some money. You know what I mean? So I I found a print shop, found some blank t-shirts, printed it up, and I started running with it. That's just how I operate. It's not the best way to operate, but I've I just I just do stuff. And I was like, yo, let's just run it, right? So, yes, someone will take your idea, but just because you trademark it doesn't mean someone's not going to take your idea. Like, it's just Nike has been ripped off. Jordan brand has been ripped off. We don't know. If, well, I know that scarf for real. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know for sure, right? No play. No play. If I had it open up, no, no. <laughs> I got this at Louis Vuitton I, in Dubai. Oh, don't smoke. She said, let's be clear. She said, not only is it real, but you can't even, you can't go, don't go to the fifth. Don't go to the fifth. Don't go to Linux. They're going to fly to the land. This ain't that. But, Louis, like, how many, if you go to the club, everybody got Louis and Gucci bags. I'm telling you, they're not all real. Right. So there are certain things that are going to. And if there's an attorney here, they probably say, David, you're talking crazy. I'm just giving you my my experience in my situation. You want to go through the process of trademarking for sure, because it's not as expensive as you think. But I don't even know what I want to say. It's going to sound crazy, but I didn't. I'll just say that. But do it. You should do it. (laughs) Yes, you should trademark. I'm just fearful that you've had this idea in your head for three years and because it's not trademarked, you didn't move on the idea when you should diligently go move on the idea somehow. So I won't say whether you should or you shouldn't. I have our will set proper expectation. Trademark is not as fast or as simple as getting an LLC. It is a very mm-hmm. lengthy process. I mean that, so you're going to pay money. They're going to file first to even see if it's worth pursuing. You got to already be ready for that. It could take a year. If somebody disputes it, it's some back and forth. So I just want to set proper expectation where we've been fighting. I won't say what brand we're fighting <laughs> for because for two years. And I mean, we six, seven thousand dollars in and still mm. haven't got that right. So I want to give now sometimes it happens fast. Sometimes it's easy. But if you just got a name with acronyms, sometimes it's very hard to classify that. So you want to make sure that you're not trying to trademark something. It's just a statement that everyone has ownership to. It has to have something behind it where it's classified correctly and connected to a comprehensive work, a phrase, things of that nature. So just be careful, intentional. Reach out to, to someone who's vetted because there are some. Don't just Google this one. Go. <laughs> Go with a referral. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. There is there is somebody like Leon Lonnie Love that will take your money. <laughs> 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 All 
Uh, I'll say this when first you're going to look it up on USPTO.gov is where you're going to go. But when you go and you you decide to hire someone to um, to submit that trademark, one of the first questions on the trademark application is when did you start using this in commerce? Mm -hmm. And they want a date. And when that trademark goes to gets, you know, finally to the to the person's desk, that's going to decide they're going to look at a website they're going to look and see when's the first time you went to commerce. So you have to have all those things in place to even really move forward in submission. They want to sh they want to show that you've been working in that in that thing. That's good. Yep. Good stuff. Buddy. Um I know, I know how I knew, I knew it, bro. It's just, <laughs> no, real so it's just two sides. It depends <laughs> on whether you are um more of a legal based person or more of a sales based person. So I, I think in, in, in lieu of that, have a conversation with um, someone from the legal side so that you understand there may just be some risk that you're not aware of. You may be infringing upon somebody else's trademark while you're not trying to trademark yours. Mm -hmm. So I would first say, let me just understand where the landmines are, if there are any. Sure. And then you can look at based on how serious this is to you. What's the likelihood of someone stealing it? How fast do I need to move through the trademark process? But sometimes people are just testing out ideas. And to Marcus's point, you could easily go, you know, two to $10,000 into the trademark process for something that you're just uh, giving a test to. Um, additional advice that I've got from my trademark attorney is that um, this may also be a good category to reach out to. Um, if you don't have like small business support in your city, a lot of law students who are in, I think their second year, they have to do a certain level of pro bono work. So you may be able to just reach out to them have them give you an overall risk of how soon do I need to pursue a trademark? And that may, may be little to no cost to you. Nah, this is good. Yo, listen, man, uh, if, uh, this, if, if this conversation bless you in any way, I want you to DM all of these speakers. I'll put it in the comment in the chat DM and just say, thank you. Saying thank you is a seed, um, that I, I plan on a regular basis. And for some reason, uh, it comes back to you. You are going to do something amazing. You're going to bless somebody and they're going to say thank you. It goes a long way. Uh, these speakers were not paid anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll yeah. be hearing from my, my legal oh, counsel. Okay. Here's the thing. So, hey, listen, y'all. Um, if you all want to sew into these speakers, okay? <laughs> Whatever, whatever super chats we get right now, we're going to take y'all to lunch, okay? <laughs> so it depends. We don't know how they're going to respond. Somebody might give a 30-piece. That means we're going to Chipotle. We'll go crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> it depends on what they give. We could get all the way to Ruth's Chris. You never know. So oh, <laughs> throw them a super chat, okay? I'm going to take them. Whatever y'all give, we're going to take them. That's hilarious, y'all. <laughs> Yo, also feel free to join our community, man. I can see who's our member because the there's a little uh, social proof logo next to you, and I will be communicating with you all this week. And for my members, we have a podcast summit coming up. Uh, I'm going to give some special discounts to those people. So join our community. Just hit the little join button, and um, I we're gonna we're gonna close it out with some. Uh, I thought I was gonna say a word of prayer. No, <laughs> That's no, how no, you no. normally start. Uh, we're gonna close it out, but we're we're gonna close it out with uh, just. Something that has been on your heart, maybe we didn't get a chance to share you all. And I, I do really, really want to say thank you all. And I appreciate it. And I am going to take you all out to lunch based on what they give in the Super Chat. So okay. I ain't got nothing to do with what I'm going to order. <laughs> somebody somebody going to show some love and say, you know what? My D deserves steak. And you fasting 
When? Till when? Not I have fast. Six wait. more days. Ten no, raw, raw vegan. Raw vegan. Day four. So I can eat. We get them Brussels to come out from the back row. I'm gonna have my Brussels tossed in that glaze, right? Um, yes, but uh, uh, I, I want to say thank you all, man. If y'all can give us something to take with us into the weekend, I'm, we're going to just go this way. We'll start uh, with Marcus Y. Rozier, my brother. And, okay, we got 50. Somebody throw a little forty nine ninety nine in that. Give me extra block, it's going, man. It's going down. Extra block. Extra block right now. Uh, Marcus Y. Rozier. Um, and let everybody know how they can support you and what you got going on, man, how they can work with you. Oh man. Well, how can you support me? Well, let me let me say can I can I say it? Maybe. What we what we doing? I don't. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I'm, so, I'm super excited to join the dream team, man, and bring Monetize with Marcus show to the social proof network. Hey, okay, so, here we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. How you can support is go crazy in the comments. So the goal of the show is to take the questions you ask your friend, Google, and chat GPT and answer it for free in video form every oh. week. So the way that you help me is by asking your questions. So I can answer them in video form. So every single video is answering it step by step. It's a teaching show. So I'm literally teaching you for free. So ask your questions and then you can take it in and run to play with it. So follow me on Instagram at Marcus Y. Rose, send whatever messages and the way you can work, work with us and tap in. We're doing a one-year coaching and mentorship for only twelve hundred dollars, which or what you can finance it for a hundred dollars a month, right? So that we boiled that down to three dollars and thirty-three cents. That's all it ends up being a day to get ongoing coaching, and it's literally a comprehensive coaching program. From comes with a conference that we're doing top of the year. It comes with weekly coaching, support coaching calls, and done for you templates. It's it's insane what we're doing just to get people some speed. So that's a few things coming up. If I can give you any advice at all, close the gap between the thing in your head you keep saying I want to do, and I did that. And if I can encourage you, Mm. my suggestion is even if you failed at something, touch it again. At the time you touched it, you were less sure, less confident, and less Mm. skilled. So touch the same thing with who you are now, not who you were when you failed. Oh, love it, man. Appreciate it. Hey, listen, this, they showing how they feel about y'all. Braised by Joya Bean gave $9.99, so we had $60. How we talking? Keeks 405 gave 10 bucks, so we had $70. What can we do? Five hey, people with $70. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We still at Chipotle. Right. We still at Chipotle. <laughs> Shouts out. That ain't, that ain't even pizza. <laughs> Shouts out to <laughs> You better not touch your weeds. Send it out the feed. The feed. The feed alone. <laughs> okay, James Keys gave 10. Okay, we had about 80. We getting there. I'm going to contribute to the Why? pocket. For everybody, okay? <laughs> Renee Birdo, thank you so much for joining our membership. Uh, Coach Kelly, talk to me. Yes. So if you are someone that's watching right now and you want to use your story, whether it's a story of of struggle or triumph, you want to use your story to become an impactful and paid coach. That is what I do. You can go over to my Instagram at at Coach Kelly J on Instagram and uh, click the first link in the bio that says impactful and paid coach. I am having a workshop this Sunday where I'm going to teach you the framework for how to do that. You don't have to be somebody that's going into the high ticket space. You're just using your story to help someone else through theirs. And we show you exactly how to do that, starting from nothing, but having the purpose, the desire, and the calling to uh, to step into that space. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, did you drop the link? Did you tell them, not the link, but you told them the website? Um, impactfulandpaidcoachworkshop.com. 
or they can get it on my, my Instagram. Good. Okay. All right. We still at 70. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your girl, Theron, gave nine ninety nine. Okay. We, we got drinks. Me. Talk to we me. We got drinks. Thank Let's you. go. <laughs> my D, what's up, man? It's been a, a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity, bro. Um, I guess the word I would leave people with is that um, consistency trumps creativity every day of the week. Mm. I think a lot of times we sit at home and we dream of the most creative way to bring something to life. And in that space, somebody else is just putting in the work. Um, allow the creativity to find you on the journey. And then the last part would be content is the language of the Internet. And unfortunately, a lot of people are illiterate. I need you to check in with me. If you want to learn how to create content that runs around the internet and runs up your bank account, humbly speaking, I'm one of the best teaching it. So it's Madi Water on all platforms. I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, What what are some of the offerings you got? Um, Depends on what they're looking for. But the number one thing I would recommend is my best-selling class called Content That Converts. Teaches you how to do three things. Create content that sparks conversation, builds community, and generates commerce. And if you're looking for rapid growth, then Reels Masterclass. Most people talk about the algorithm this and the algorithm that. We're actually in the greatest time of growth on the internet. The growth has to come from somewhere. If it's not coming from you, tap in with me. Get into the Reels Masterclass. I love it. Love it. Uh, produced by Pack. Just gave nine ninety nine. We off just the drinks. We can get the little Nantucket. Hey. <laughs> the one by- the one behind, behind the cashier. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. Uh, Sarah, you done pulled up. You might have to use this mic too because they said yours is low. But uh, yeah, let everybody know. Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So um, what I would say is stop being arrogant thinking you always have till tomorrow. Mm. Um, with the information you have received today, go do it now. Um, I think even if you can just take one thing one thing from today from anyone who have spoken, just use that and get started. Um, I believe a lot of the times um, people are stuck between the idea and the execution. And so once you understand that the idea is just going to remain an idea until you execute it, it'll make Teach. it faster. Mm. So let's stop being arrogant. I do have a master class. I don't really like the word master class, but I do have a master class coming up um, this Sunday. For you guys who are interested in um, joining my property challenge, it sells out by the grace of God um, every time we open the doors and it will sell out again. So um, if you want to be at that master class, then come pull up. It's free. Um, and, you know, um, we're going to be talking about real estate and how to get started and what's the next level. And then we'll be spending five days together in January if you decide to walk with me. Super dope. Yep. Cool. You can put my uh my portion towards that class. When is it? I want to attend that for real. Um, oh, yeah, he just he got to teach us how to speak for free. Just uh, that's a trade, okay? Exchange value. Yeah, we got a we got a trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trade zone. Hey, hey, say no, say no more. We had a good time last time. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely. coming with the bags. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shouts out to real estate, money, and health. With misunderstood KJ for the dub for the twenty, I appreciate All that. Right, okay. We kind of had Applebee's right now. <laughs> <laughs> we going to sit down. That's two, Applebee's two for twenty. Yeah, sure? bro. Uh, give uh, us five two for twenty. Let me get that quesadilla <laughs> burger. Yo, man, appreciate everybody that supported. If you are not following these people, follow. All my friends, man, we decided to put this free smoke together because the conversations that happen when we're just sitting down at dinner or lunch or just chopping it up, 
it is gold. And we spent a few hours just, you know, not trying to entertain anybody, but just just sharing game. And uh, we wanted to bring that to this platform this fr- every single Friday. You also, I got a I got a speaking gig in LA next Friday. So I need to find some people that the show's gonna go on regardless. Okay. I just gotta figure out who's gonna be here. So love y'all. That was that was me putting it out there just in case somebody wants to volunteer for next week. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we are out here. Like, subscribe, and follow all of our guests, man. What's up? We'll say what? MMU. Oh, this episode is sponsored by The Morning Meetup. The Morning Meetup is a community of people that come on a call, Zoom call, live every single day, Monday through Friday, and I am coaching. I am teaching. Um, all of y'all have been on The Morning Meetup. Coach Kelly, you've been? Yeah, everybody's here. But yeah, everybody I can find that has some sort of value has been on The Morning Meetup, and you get this conversation, locker room conversation with our community. But I am literally on that call every single day, and we are a true community. We're not a community that's just trying to – I'm not trying to just make money off everybody. I'm literally there, and anybody can tell you I'm there every day. I'm not selling y'all a course. Anytime I get a little course, we put it in the back office so that you can just watch it, right? We got a content creation course. You could just go watch it, okay? But we are there every single day, and our objective – is continuing to grow so that when you are deciding to do something, you have an audience, a captive audience that will support you. If you are in New York, we got meetups in New York. If you're in Chicago, we got meetups in Chicago, Miami, lower, like Southern Florida. There are meetups. There's communities of people right in your backyard from the morning meetup. So go to themorningmeetup.com and I will see you in the morning. Okay. We are out of here. Peace. Good. Dope, All dope, right. Dope. Sit again. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.